0: Hey everybody, it's Travis from the Berms Show. There's a brand new app called Lower 22 Vets for veterans and active duty military members. This app combats suicide amongst veterans by bringing veterans together. So please go check it out. Sign up is free and it's easy and there's monthly giveaways. You can find the app on Google Play and Apple Store. So sign up now. Thank you. I, guess I was surprised to get yeah, Tito when I was
1: like, yeah, That's, that's real life. Yeah. <laughs> I saw um, like when you first started the show and everything and like the whole Huntington Beach bad boy. And that's why I had to hashtag that on, on my post because like I, that's how I remember and was even introduced to him. Like when I, when I got stationed out in Pendleton, like we even had a guy in our unit that we called Tito. And oh, so, like it, it brought back just awesome memories. Just hearing you say that made me feel young again. So that was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a, it, it was a trip talking to him, man. Because like, yeah, you know, my brother's older, so he kind of got me into like watching MMA when I was a kid, and uh, even like the first video games that came out. I think it was like on Sega Dreamcast. It's like Tito was like the man. I think it was, like Tito and Frank Shamrock on that game were just like the right. So I, that's why I started, I guess you know, falling in love with him as a fighter. I was like, man, I just love ground and pound, the old school. Just pick him up, like he'd be like in full guard and just dropping elbows back in his prime. It's like it I love just, the
1: celebrations afterwards and everything. That was always like so motivating and everything like that.
0: Yeah, I always thought that must be just like crazy feeling. You know, somebody thinks you know they're they're good because they got you're in, your, in their guard, but man, he just postured up and he just let it rain but right. that is, man, it was pretty surreal even before we started. So I was telling him a story when I was stationed up in uh, Washington and Bremerton. Um, I was watching him fight Ryan Bader in my barracks. I told okay. him I, was like, I had this little tiny TV that I bought the next for, you know, probably like a hundred bucks or something. It was super tiny, no bigger than like a laptop screen. I was sitting there and I'm like watching it. And when he dropped and I had all this punishment shirt shit on. I had a shirt. I had a, th- Pretty sure I had a hat, maybe even shorts. But like, he knocked him. He hit him with the uppercut, and then he jumped on and got me in a guillotine. I was like freaking the hell out. I was like, choke his ass out, choke his ass out. So he kind of like cracked up about that. I was like, dude, I fanboyed hardcore before, right? <laughs> before we went live, I was like, holy crap! I just gotta let you know. I like freaking cried when you when you won because it had been so long for him. I think he was like on a he hadn't won a fight like six years up to that point something crazy like that but it's pretty badass yeah so, yeah so uh that's been good you know we're we're making some moves here trying to trying to keep busy but i mean wow. i know you're doing a bunch of stuff i was watching your july giveaway again it's the second time i watched it man that, you guys are freaking crazy that's what the fun- <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the funniest freaking videos I
1: appreciate that,
0: man. I, like I, I
1: struggle to to do these kind of things, so I try to make it to where it's the most fun for me. And I'm never going to be able to explain a shotgun or a rifle better than a guy that actually sells them. So I might as well, like, I literally played an entire game of Tecmo Bowl <laughs> while he was talking about it, and so that's. That's what I really get a kick out of doing is just somehow putting it in, in my wheelhouse. But yeah, I have a ton of fun with Ryan over there, like shooting that stuff. So that that is pretty cool. But yeah, I'm giving away a shotgun this uh, this month. Next month's going to be a uh, paintball gun uh, gift certificate uh, to my other buddy, Ryan, out of Louisiana. And then I'm going to release... I have a super cool one after that. I just, I'm checking with my buddy to see timeframe of when that is going to actually go down, but it's going to be a duck hunting trip. Like I bought a duck hunting trip. So it's going to be two days out in uh, Texas. So it's going to be specific to that. uh, Those people that want to go out there and and do it. But yeah, we're doing a duck hunting trip.
0: Holy crap. Like how do you even put this stuff together? That's what I was thinking. I was like, how, and also with the shotgun real quick, how if somebody were to win as a thing in California, for instance, somebody in California wins, how does that work? Because I know it's a little bit different with I'm sure it's harder at certain states, right? Then uh
1: since he has that FFL, um he can do the transfers all online and everything like that. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, he can take care of all that stuff. So that that's why I'm not really worried or concerned about doing that. I mean, obviously if like Somebody's, you know, hardcore like going on their social media. I might like rethink it, but you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, damn, that'd be sick. But I wonder if California would be like, uh, I don't know, it's just hard to do anything here. So, it's, you know, what I mean,
1: it is one of like, I think like the shotgun itself, I I'm not like absolutely sure on the laws, but it seems like it fits the requirements because it doesn't have a large capacity. It's, and it's not a, like a short little thing is, you know, so I think it meets all those kind of like little requirements. But then again, like I said, Ryan takes care of all that stuff. So I don't have to worry about that. So legally, I don't
0: know. <laughs> Shoot. Good intentions, you know, yeah, that's what I mean it'll be cool. Whoever wins that one, that someone's gonna have a blast. That thing looks pretty rad, that's for sure. I was like, holy crap, that's like a legit, legit ass shot. Yeah, like I was super I'm
1: super pumped and like the way things are going, I wanna make that like a consistent July giveaway next year and like get something even bigger and better, like and just work out from there. So that, that's the plan, because I just think that that's pretty freaking awesome to do for, you know, 4th of July giveaway.
0: Yeah, nothing more American than handing out some shotguns or. Right. You no, know, like that's what we need more of, man. More patriotism like that. So, it baby. laugh, too, because there's a, man, I think there was a podcast when Joe Rogan first moved to Texas and um, Tim Kennedy gives him uh, a pistol or some type of handgun. He's like, yeah, you can do that in Texas. I can just give you a pistol. And I was like, damn, yeah, because you can't really do that. And I'm sure in California, unless you have those licenses where you can, you know, move the paperwork around. But it's like if you're his, like, that's just a friend. A friend's like, here you go. Do that. Yeah, here's, here's a gun. You can have it. Right. Arizona's <laughs> crazy like that, too. Like, Arizona, yeah.
1: you, can, you, can, you can do that pretty easy.
0: It's like, I'm jealous. I see all that stuff. I'm like, damn, in California, it's like I don't have to do like a freaking i don't know how long the class is but i'm sure it's probably some words of like 200 bucks to do the class to whatever it is to get certified be able to hold a, have a or buy a pistol or buy a gun in general mm-hmm. like you have to pay for everything which kind of sucks but
1: yeah i did the uh it was a 60 dollar. i did the concealed carry uh class and everything out here and like the first thing or they said was like if i had a DV 214 then um I didn't even have to take it, but I was like, it's been a while, so I feel like I should. They're like, okay, if you want to sit in the class, I'm like, yeah, it would be nice to have some things refreshed. It's been a minute since I've, you know, had one consistently like that.
0: Yeah. i <laughs> would be like the same way. That I mean, I probably would have said screw it, screwed the class, but no, I, I don't know. My wife would have been like, no, take the class. It's been a minute because yeah, it's not like something you do every single day. Walk around with a freaking handgun or something, you know?
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Oh man, that's crazy.
1: But how have you been enjoying uh, your rugged pilot coffee, man? Because dude, like that's another thing. Larry, uh, Larry's like the newest patron for the app and everything. And dude, I got that 30 millimeter one and it's, it's amazing. Like I absolutely like like dude, it's ridiculously good. And I know you bought a couple th- too. so
0: yeah, I got a big bag of, uh, of espresso the victory one. Um, I'm not drinking it right now if feel kind of bad. I was like in a pinch because like I was telling you I was by myself last night, which is kind of uh, leads to staying up way too late and doing things <laughs> like, like wasting time doing nothing. So I woke up a little bit later than I wanted to today, but I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta get some coffee." But yeah, their espresso has been freaking good. I made a cold brew with it uh, last last week, and that was hit pretty good because I like Uh, caramel macchiatos. I'm kind of like a fruity type drinker, I guess, with coffee when it comes to that. But man, I just pour like half espresso in there and a little bit of milk. I was like, "I'm good." I'm wired after that. I was bouncing off the walls, especially you know, two kids and stuff. You got to have that. The extra boost of energy. Yeah, man.
1: I don't know how you like, it's crazy to think because I only have one and she's almost three, but to have two kids is like, that's nuts, man. Like, I don't understand. Like the people have, have more than that even too. Cause I try to, <laughs> she's in that phase where we're potty training, but it's still not there. And I just remember when she was a newborn and how much easier it was to change a diaper. And like, I, I couldn't imagine like as they're getting older, then you have two of them just that alone. That's impressive, man.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's different. That's for sure. Cause yeah, our son's going to be four. Their birthdays are 10 days apart. So it's uh, next month. It's a, it's a busy month, but He's finally got to a point where he's a little bit ambitious and starting to wipe his own butt because he's potty trained for the most part, but we've always had to go clean him up. Right. He's starting to kind of do it by himself, which is nice. Like he's just taking it upon himself. It's like, Thank you, dude. Thank you for wiping your own butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I told my buddy that I was like, I'm like, that's the like that's the day I'm looking forward to. Once that's there, like I feel like it's just smooth sailing. Like really after that like it can't get too much more difficult other than attitudes but
0: yeah it i don't know if you heard anything about threes out i mean terrible twos we we heard was like a thing you know but when our son turned three this last year has been like the wildest year of personality that we've ever had like he can be really sweet like we are up at my parents house uh, last weekend and they have they have some land some property so he's like running around he's saying like thank you and please and stuff we're like what the hell so my mom was like oh he's such a sweetheart he's you guys are you guys make it seem like he's a, a bad kid we're like what And then of course we get home and he's like back talking he's back to his normal self we're like this freaking kid this kid puts on the perfect show for everybody you know even his teachers uh, we had a this a few months ago uh, they're doing like parent teacher conference type deals and we go there as a uh, preschool and his teacher's like, Oh yeah, he just follows all the rules. You know, he leads by example. Like he's so sweet to everybody. He talks to me all the time. I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is not our son. I'm like, are you sure we got the right kid? Are you talk about the right kid because <laughs> this is the kid that punches me in the balls and <laughs> slaps me in the face. Right. Is this the same kid? Is that is that what we're doing right now? But, uh, <laughs> it's uh it gets fun hopefully he picks up the wiping his butt really well because that's i don't not like that i don't like going in there after he's gone to the bathroom it's it's weird at this point right right (laughs) yeah it's uh kids are a trip man yeah and our daughter's gonna be a year a year old she's starting to get this is a problem with having like two kids i think like she was really, she's starting to like turn more into him because she, oh. she hangs out with them a lot. Like they play a lot together. So we're like, oh crap. She's starting to get hit a little bit of his attitude, you know? And it's like, ah, man, like, damn it. She was like the sweet little baby and now she's getting a little spunky and I don't know. It's, just, it's different with girls too. I tell people all the time, girls versus boys. I don't know. I just, I'm like a, like a softy with her more than him. Right, she's a girl, but man, she's she's got that attitude coming. I don't know how it's gonna impact things, especially with my wife. I was like, "That's all you, I'm, right?" That's not me. <laughs> I
1: thought my wife, I, I wouldn't
0: mind another
1: daughter. Like it's been like I feel overall, it's not been hard dealing with too much stuff. I I I would imagine having a little boy would just be a lot more just. I don't know, just, mm, like, not frustrating, but just Mm. a different beast in its own way. You know, because my daughter didn't, like, really cry or anything unless she wanted milk, and then that was it. But then, like, I've seen all my friends who've had little boys, and, like, they're just a terror nonstop, (laughs) like, they're not bad or anything but it's just they're they're the energizer bunny from the get-go and my daughter's just been kind of chill like and just really been relaxed for the most part
0: yeah that's that's a that's exactly how it is like our daughter i think she got like a little bit more of me in that sense and like my wife like i'm pretty laid back and my daughter's pretty chill like she's she takes a lot of, you can tell she just kind of goes with the flow most of the time like she just kicking back but man our son is just like hyperactive all the time and then like when we're up at my parents house and he's running around and helping with the horses and stuff like he's burning energy like he was out there for a couple hours you know he's running around chasing dogs comes in the house he doesn't even take a nap so he still wants to wrestle and stuff i'm like dude like how how are you alive right now like go take a nap for like you should be asleep for like two hours after that like I go out there and I lift some hay with my dad. I'm like, crap, I'm ready to have a beer and sit on the couch. You know, it's like, I'm done. This kid just non-stop energy all the time.
1: That's how I felt at the VFW yesterday. I felt like that little kid. I, I was working with that Korean vet, that Vietnam vet. And like, it's not like we were doing anything hard, but just being in the sun, it was... They they painted a little bit and they sat in the shade and like just watched me do it and I'm like oh man this is really fun now so
0: <laughs> I, I mean yeah there's instances I guess where you definitely have like endless energy like um man I, yeah I went and played basketball yesterday and uh, man I was like shooting around and and I started to kind of move in. I was like, damn, I can't really do it the way I used to. But mentally, I still have like that mentality. It's like, I got to keep going. So I was, I mean, I pushed through it, but man, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't get quite to a stop energy. I try to, but I mean, just because I need to start doing physical activity besides wrestling around. It's like, I got to find a, a better hobby, you know? Get
1: one of those Peloton bikes Shoot. or don't get it. get a peloton bike get like a cheap bike and then just get the little app for peloton
0: that's what i heard people do like you could instead of buying like the bike i'm sure it's probably like a few thousand dollars that thing looks i think right
1: i got um i got one for 300 dollars, and i just have it on my phone and
0: it's the same thing so you're like running through the hills and and everything still is that what it does on there is that like a
1: um that's a different one i think like the the peloton one it just looks like a fitness studio class but they got one guy on there cody that he's a trip man like the dude just says the most wildest stuff in the world and uh he's hilarious like he he makes doing that bike fun just his whole attitude and demeanor and like you don't realize that you're riding a whitney houston and he's just bugging <laughs> out going crazy it's awesome
0: and see so they should do like a david goggins edition where oh, you just oh my be, god be rating you the whole time you know calling you. Would, and you're on there for like 50 hours straight <laughs> it has a built-in alarm just... for like two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> get your ass up real fitness enthusiasts <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that would be so funny to just have him yelling at you on a big screen saying
0: that you need to go faster yeah calling you like a pussy and all that stuff while you're running just berating you the whole time don't be a wussy bear yeah get your ass up start running wherever the hell he you know his videos are intense like I've watched every once in a while I'll watch a, like a string of them I'm like holy crap dude like either if part of me feels like I'm ready to run through a brick wall and the other half of me is just like I don't know how to, what the hell's going on right now but I kind of kind of scared dude. Like. <laughs> this started
1: off really well and then went really south really quick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's funny watching his stuff. It it's motivating for sure. I can see how how it is, but man, there's times where I'm just like, I don't know, dude. But uh I need to get some of that motivation or um what is it called discipline? That's what I've always heard. That's what everybody's saying now, discipline more than motivation. If you have discipline, you just do the same things all the time. And I mean, you'll get the results you need because motivation. I've heard people say like it comes and goes, like you can be motivated for yeah. the lawn today and then you do it. And okay. That's what you just did it. So it's over <laughs> being consistent. Yeah. That's what I, that's,
1: that's one of my biggest things that I'm trying to do with, uh, setting this up now like i felt like that like i had a mad rush and just threw a whole bunch of things together but yeah now i have a way to be consistent and like i feel like that's just it's not necessarily showing the results that i want right now but it has made it mentally easier for me to just go about getting stuff done and that's in turn made me more motivated to do it
0: so it seems like it like you from what I've seen, everything you've been posting, like what you're, everything you're talking about earlier, like you're making moves, man. It's, it's happened really quick. I'm
1: like- the crap out of a lot of people until they accept me. You know how <laughs> it is. Like, so, like, I'm doing, it's funny because I'm doing everything that is not in my wheelhouse. Like, I'm making an app and doing all this technology stuff and I'm doing all this networking and I like it is, it is a new kind of cardio to have that kind of energy and consistency to do that as networking events, man, cause talking to these people day after day, I mean, obviously you need that, but it just gets like, it, it's a tiring effort now. So, but yeah, like um I actually, not stock that's a horrible word but they were doing this little comic-con expo up by where i live and that's where i got the scott deluzio books like but like i was like hounding him down and like i just missed him and so i talked to the person that was in charge of it and she talked to him and all that stuff and so i got you know it took me a little bit of time but i you know got a whole bunch of those books to give out for giveaways but yes just me hounding people and Trying to be pleasant, I guess, about doing it.
0: <laughs> that's like the hard part of like the networking. Cause, uh, kind of like you're saying, like that's all I try to do during the day. If I don't have anything, like I probably will do it after we get done today, too. Is I start messaging everybody that, like, if, if they're a veteran or if they have like a foundation or something like that, whatever it is, a businessman, just over there, just hey, you know, this is my podcast. Come check it out. When come on. It's, it is tiring and it's funny because it's not like physically anything hard i mean but yeah just the constant looking searching and trying to get the right people to come on or get a response um <laughs> like it, the funny thing for me like i've noticed like i'll send say I send 10 uh requests a day or like messages asking for people to come on i won't hear anything but then like maybe six of them will all message me back at the same time like oh yeah we want to come on like all in the same week i'm like okay damn now i'm over <laughs> i gotta really start picking like okay who do i want to really come on this week and then next week we can figure something out for that person because that's how it is everybody responds at the same exact time every single time i don't know why but it's like thank you guys for not responding but then bombarding me <laughs> all at once stressing me out a little bit more because I feel bad you know I hate telling somebody like oh yeah thank you but actually can we do it this week or this day because I feel like they're like well you messaged us so that's kind of been my my battle I mean I'm trying to get some more like other trying to get some more not super high profile veterans but trying to work on getting a few more kind of with some notoriety a little bit by the same way I did with Tito because Tito was like Dropping little bombs here and there, comment here and like and stuff, and yeah, yeah, that's super cool, man. That's like yeah. that's
1: that's that's ridiculously cool. Yeah, I'm still I'm still out there trying to prove to people that I'm real because like, <laughs> man, I'm not gonna drop any of their names because like it's just. It's, but I messaged just one person asking, "Hey, how can I help out?" And their response was just. they're like how do I even know you're a real person like what tangible things do you even offer and I was like okay here we go again and have to list out everything that I do and then like because I I guess I'm almost coming off as a bot in these messages that I'm reaching out to people and they're and like I have no other way of, of of really breaking that ice other way anyways so yeah like going through and spending like two hours just explaining because how many scam people there were before me saying that this is what they're gonna do and they don't do it and stuff like that so that's that is my most challenging part is just yeah like that's why i post those videos on on uh, youtube because yeah i don't want to do it but i want people to see that i'm real
0: yeah i know what you mean that's kind of I thought that yesterday, actually, when I was sending some out, I'm like, "Hi, my name's Travis. You know, this is my podcast." I'm like, "Damn, that sounds hella body, you know." And I put the link to my to the website, but it's like at the same time, I could see if somebody's just looking through their messages, they're like, "Okay, here is I feel like it's because of Military Blaze. Nobody trusts anybody. It's like, thank you, Military Blaze, because now when you okay. message anybody, they're like, "Oh crap!" It's one of those type of type of deals where it's you know just a scam artist or or something like that. I
1: actually talked to another guy um, who has a business out in California and uh, (laughs) we started talking and I I started telling him my problem and he's like, he brought up military blaze. He's like, yeah, dude. He's like, anytime I post, he's like, anything about veteran owned business or anything like that, there's their first comment and everything. I was like, that's what I'm like. That's my obstacle. I'm trying to... To overcome and they did one hell of a job just mucking that up for a lot of people
0: so they do they respond like the second your post hits too that's what freaking blows my mind like they like and have a like maybe two comments three comments like like that like holy crap man and it's it's always somebody different like i was looking at some of mine yesterday i was like it's always a different person saying promote it I'm in military blaze i'm like damn how many freaking fake accounts does this i'm not sure if it's one person that's doing it or however that a bot situation works but it's pretty impressive i guess in the sense that they're <laughs> able to do that <laughs> right yeah okay. that, that 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 timely response or comment is just dude like,
1: how how elevated and how much did your heart race when you like started posting on instagram and like you saw that little icon come up, and you're like, man, I got a like. And then you see it, and you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. That, now that's hella true. Like, uh, definitely when I first started the, the podcast page and stuff, and I'm like, the first one, I'm like, oh, damn, I have like like 10 likes or whatever it was. And I look on it, it's like, nobody I'm following, nobody that's following me. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's just, some random freaking BS just trying to screw me over, get me all excited for no reason. Like, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bot, wherever you are, military. Right. Freaking worst, Hate those people. It worked out for us though. I mean, I guess that's how, you know, like it really did that. It was,
1: and it has grown. Cause like, uh, Austin was spot lock baits. Like I met him basically through that. And, they gave me a whole directory of people to reach out to. So, in like, I've gotten three or four from that. So, I guess it's not about the whole quality or quantity, like, because it's been amazing support from you and him doing all this stuff. So,
0: yeah, that's what I've kind of done the same thing every time I'd see them, um, military blades like posts for somebody. I'm like, all right, I'm going to start looking into that person maybe. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it has worked, like you said, and you got this directory of all these people. I, I think that's how I met the, the lady, Shannon Smith, who was the Air Force veteran. I think she was on there and yourself. I feel like there's at least one or two more other people on there that, that I've messaged because of that. So it's like, hey, you guys might be blowing up my comment section, but thank you for right for the help thank at the you. same time.
1: You're feeding into that little algorithm. So that way, I'm not competing with like somebody who's dancing that gets a million views and likes and stuff like that. So, cheers.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> it is hard. It's really hard to find people, um, especially out here. I don't know what it is, but where I live, I always see like all army stickers and veteran stickers. But man, I swear there's like no veterans out here. There's like no veteran anything where I live. So that part of it kind of sucks. Everything's kind of done in LA or Anaheim area for me. And it's like, damn, I mm. wish I had more like of a local, local grab kind of like what you do. Cause I mean, you have a, there's a bunch of stuff in Arizona. It seems like I think a lot of ex-military actually lives in Arizona. They, uh, the, I think it's
1: highest per capita in the area of veterans and retired. Uh, veterans and stuff like that so yeah like and that's what I just reached out to the mayor the newspaper up here trying to get all this stuff set up because yeah I want to do like a legit ribbon cutting ceremony and really throw it out there and I mean I live in a super small town but that just means it's easy to get that kind of backing and support and you know create a huge event out of really nothing so
0: well, that's pretty badass you have a ribbon cutting and everything that's yeah, well you know it's
1: i joined the chamber out here and it was it's just a nice little thing to have you know to really get not necessarily my demographic for the app, but like just get the region word out there to
0: different people who might have a, a relative. So. Yeah. I mean, hope, hopefully more people are joining the app too. I'm not sure how, how it's been going, but. uh We're good.
1: Actually. We're, I mean, not blowing up Facebook and Instagram, TikTok numbers, but in the three months that we've been around, we have over a hundred users. So we're getting over one a day and that's, And that's me doing this stuff. Um, That guy that I reached out to in uh, California, he actually runs a marketing thing. So I'm gonna start doing like paying him to do that because I did the research and Google like tells you when the best times to post and all the hashtags. And I'm still obviously missing something. So I'm literally putting, and the reason why I found him was because I was going through veteran owned businesses and they have a whole listing by state of every veteran owned business, you can go by county. So I started in Phoenix to basically make a cold calling list because at worst, somebody doesn't want to be like a featured business, but at best, that veteran still signs up for the app because they know about it now and just started making a cold calling list. And I reached out and found this uh, hashtag smart marketing, and it's run by an army vet. And in my in my way of going to cold call him, I actually like reverse sold myself. And I was like, dude, like I need to go ahead and have this guy handle that. So, because he was talking about doing stuff that I know I should be doing, I just don't know how to do it well. And then stuff that I didn't even think of, like putting my ad on a banner ad within the VA's um, website. So as people are reading the VA's article on the banner ad on the side, and I'm like, that I know I, I don't know how to go about accomplishing that, you know. And so exactly um he's hooking that up, and so it, it's fantastic. So I'm hoping that you know, soon by the end of the year, we have about 2,500 users because that would be that that's really my goal is to get it around 2,500 users by the end of the year.
0: I mean, it seems like it could be certainly possible. I mean, if you, especially if you can get on the VA website like that too, that's, that, that is the hardest part is marketing. I mean, for me, it's the same thing. I'm just Instagramming for the most part. Twitter doesn't seem to get too much traction for me. So I'm like, wow. I'm thinking Twitter is just
1: a whole bunch of bots now, too, after the whole Elon Musk thing. Because, man, like, it just seems like you go in and you try to follow these people and then you start reading some of their comments and you're just like, dude, like, how how are you getting 5,000 likes? Like, not even anything crazy, but you're getting 5,000 likes for for posting just gibberish. I'm literally posting, here's a free shotgun for a veteran if you want it. And nothing,
0: yeah, like, nothing. Well, I I thought the same thing every time I, because uh, when I post my the episodes onto my website, it gets automatically shoots uh, to Twitter. So every time I do that or upload a new video, and I go check out Twitter, maybe like you're the only one that will like it or <laughs> retweet it. I'm like, damn, there's nobody. I'm like, what the hell? Like this is freaking crazy. Yeah, it, it blows my mind. Like the even the one with with Tito, I was like, all right, this one should really get going and only had like 6 retweets. I was like, "Oh. Like cool. I was expecting to have hopefully a hundred good. people, you know, be like, "Oh, no." Out. But it's hard. It, the marketing side of things is it's uh it's a challenge, that's for sure. I mean, I wish That's why hard. I did that stupid handstand video. Is because like
1: <laughs> you go on Instagram and you see these freaking 30-year-old moms praising themselves for doing a handstand off of a wall i'm like i'm 40 got two spinal f- this shit ain't hard man like how am i not making tens of thousands of views
0: <laughs> i've thought that at the trendy stuff on instagram always like trips me out because it's like man people are really into this right now but i haven't done that i'm i'm not sure if i could do a handstand anyways but um oh i want to slap my wife with a tortilla shell have you seen that one what so you slap your wife (laughs) what the hell is going on you get a
1: mouthful of water somebody else gets a mouthful of water and your goal is not to spit it out and then you play rock paper scissors and whoever wins gets to smack the other person but it's with a tortilla shell. so it's just funny to see someone getting hit in the face with a tortilla shell, and people just like Obviously, laugh and they spit the water out everywhere.
0: Is that doing hard shells? Is that what it is? No,
1: the the the, like the burrito shells.
0: Oh man, that's like a hard one, man. You're (laughs) gonna knock somebody out. (laughs) Oh Oh, shit, that's crazy. I, I haven't seen that one. I got now. I'm gonna have to rabbit hole myself into a few of those and check that out that is freaking nuts yeah like I think it's
1: tortilla challenge or something like that but yeah like th- doing that stuff like it's just crazy you see somebody get you know a million views and stuff like that off of doing it and I just I'll do it and I get
0: 50 i know I mean people get a million views for a bunch of random stuff that's what trips me out like I if you're going through instagram you just i don't know i don't know if it's just easier for for women not to be mean to every woman out there but man you guys can get like hundreds of thousands of views for just like walking into the water it's like that is fucking crazy to me it's like that is i wish i had that over here on this grind <laughs> you can't get nobody oh but no yeah
1: that um that what I'm doing with that guy, I'm really hoping that he's able to really do what I'm unable to do, obviously, and just hit those key markets, because yeah, that'd be amazing if I like to have a 15 second little video off the side of a VA like suicide, um, you know, article, because I just read one the other day that it's, it's so funny, because they're talking about how being able to have a tablet or a smart device has lowered the suicide rates because more veterans are able to, you know, make therapy meetings and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly what I'm trying to do without even having to talk to the VA, yeah. you know? So like, it it made me feel good in the sense of like, I'm on a good track with that. You know, if that's, like, that's literally what I'm trying to do is give people that ability. So.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what's cool about your app and everything, too. That's why I try to stress to people is, um, and even from everybody I've talked to, it kind of seems to be the same kind of consensus is, like, it's better for veterans to kind of work together, get together, like, kind of like what your app does, you know, bring bring people together that maybe have gone through the same thing or you don't necessarily need to have issues. I think every that's right. sort of negative stigma all the time that every veteran's going through something post-traumatic. Yeah, you don't but.
1: always need the crisis line. It's not like yeah. that, but just being able to vet without, you know, Facebook and Instagram people getting butt hurt and banning you, you know, because people will actually understand. But yeah, it's, it's just funny because I feel like it should be an easy thing to access that you know is out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, know, it's crazy. I was thinking about speaking like the VA that video you told me where you sent me, and then I ended up reposting it. Also, the the guy and oh yeah, get the shit kicked out of him. So yeah, I watched because then the I think the clip the original clip you sent me didn't show. I didn't see the whole part of it. I just saw him getting like choked up against the door. But man, I watched the whole clip and he kicks him in the face and everything. And then I know that's not like a, an exact representation of the VA, obviously, but it just looks bad for the VA. And I think the VA already kind of has that stigma attached to it where a lot, at least in the veteran community, I feel like where the trust. Well, actually, have I've messaged them.
1: And if you really look at it, it's it's what we expect of the VA. Dude, they never responded to me if you go on and if you follow them on Instagram, man, nobody posts comments because they'll never respond, they never actually engage back and, and give updates. Like, there's no nothing coming back for them,
0: yeah. The VA is, I mean, it is what it is, you know. It's they don't really. I've had a few friends say they've had good experiences, but they live in smaller. Like community. So I think it's a little bit easier to have a more hands on VA in a smaller community. But like if you go to a VA in a major city, they're not going to really give a damn. I feel like that's how it was at least, I think of like San Diego when I was down there. That's how it was for me. So it's like people already don't trust the VA. That's where you get like veterans like yourself who do these apps or nonprofits where they get together. Veterans are really trying to like solve a lot of their own. Problem by getting together and that's what I I stress out to everybody I've talked to you know it's like the app that you have that you've made is super cool because if you're wherever area in the in the country you're at shit you could be in Alaska and you're on there somebody else is on the app hey maybe you look hey you want to go fishing you want to go get a beer like right. it's there and everybody I've talked to stresses the whole importance of having Having somebody talk to another veteran or I think when the individual said, like, creating your re- recreating your tribe or making a tribe. Right. What yeah, you need to do that is by, you know, reaching out and joining apps like yours or whatever means they're, they need to go to to meet other people. But um, hopefully people do that, that. That's the thing I do like because you can literally have any
1: kind of interest. Like there are so many awesome organizations that go out there to try to help veterans and stuff like that but they're very like niche type of things like especially after following spot lock baits and everything like that i get a lot of fishing going on 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 the things and like but that that's very one-sided focus and then you got people that hunt or people that do dungeons and dragons and so you got all these different things but that can all be inclusive just on like the app and you can find those people in your hometown. Like, so we can encompass everything but still find those things that make it personal to you. Like, you know, you can go out and find somebody who God forbid that loves to go running. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, if that's something you're into, you can find that other veteran that you didn't know lived, you know, three blocks away because once you get out it, you go back into normal clothing and you, you can never tell unless you have that weird, like middle school dance interaction again. And you're like, Oh, are you a vet? You know, yeah. like you don't walk up and do that stuff. Like, so that way you don't have to go out there and, you know, be weird and awkward about it. Like I am. That's why I joined the VFW. i don't have to feel weird and awkward i just get to sit with like really like cool old people and hear stories of how much their time actually did suck doing like because i I, when i was painting with them i was telling them a couple stories and like i had to admit i was like guys i want you to know that i am in no way shape or form saying i'm a man whatsoever but like we had portageons while I was in Iraq. And like this Korean vet and this Vietnam vet looked at me uh, like each other and they're like, I was like, yeah, like we had luxuries, man. And then they hear their stories and stuff like that. Like it's just, it makes me feel a little bit better about myself and my time.
0: <laughs> I think that, like, I, I think that all the time when I talk to like guys in other branches, like you're in the Marines and Army dudes, and you guys are out there and like on the ground and like dealing with burn pits and stuff I'm like damn, maybe it wasn't that bad you know Like i had it pretty good and uh it's funny because my grandpa who was in the navy he kind of got in i guess he when he said i remember he said when he was in there's still some of those world war ii veterans lingering around in the in the navy he's like in those guys you could tell he's like there's one guy in his division that was just hobbled like his arm is all jacked up his, he had a big lamp in his leg like he could barely Rarely walk, but everybody they saw his medals. Officers would salute him and stuff. Right, man, that was like the last real Navy shit. Was like World War II. man. That's like when it wasn't pleasant to be in the Navy even then. You know, (laughs) no. I think the
1: the Vietnam vet I met, like he's like, well, the first time I got cancer from Agent Orange, I'm like, the first time, first time. He's like, yeah, the VA rated me at like. 80 percent. he's like after i got it the second time i'm like oh <laughs> he's like yeah then they bumped it up to 100 percent. i'm like oh my god dude like like the cool experience i had and i actually won or i didn't win but i got an award me and my buddy got an award for how much time like we spent in a burn pit like we <laughs> like I hear that this guy got Asian orange cancer twice. I'm like, man, we dug down one time because after we, like we filled this whole entire spot. And so we had a couple combat engineers come out with us and uh, start digging a new hole. And this is when we're in Babylon. And uh, we started digging down. And the next thing we know, we start pulling like plates and like dishes and jars and stuff like we hit ancient ground in Babylon and we had like the local Iraqi mayor come out and everything we're like what do you want to do with this he's like I think we should just cover it back up and find a new place to dig I was like oh great so now I'm like not only (laughs) inhaling all this stuff I got like biblical spirits going to come and haunt me now No, so but yeah like I couldn't just like it, it just make my time seem so much easier after hearing like what like these guys had to go through it, it's crazy so
0: yeah i think that's man like that my grandpa was like that he was telling me last time i saw him in person he was telling me like how how it was for him because he was kind of like in that gap between world war or after world war ii and vietnam so he's like in a weird weird time but um how different it was for him and like how strict it was and how physically demanding it was compared to, I mean, not that it wasn't when I was in, but I mean, I I felt bad. I was complaining to him. I was like, dude, I ate grandpa. I ate chicken like every freaking day on deployment. That a different type of chicken. was like chicken patty, chicken tenders, chicken strips, chicken, whatever. I was like one side was like burgers every single day. And he was like, what? Like, he's like, yeah, cheeseburgers on deployment. (laughs) i was like i know i was like man i feel like an asshole now i'm over here talking about how rough i have i eating freaking cheeseburgers and chicken patties every single day but uh it's funny i love i love talking to older veterans because i feel i feel like man i sound like such a wuss compared, compared like, to them.
1: Even when i like as soon as i was getting into the fleet they were just phasing it out was a uh... I don't remember the little acronym that was, but it was basically like all the like the 10% that were real fuck ups that they like were doing like behavioral correction, but like having them like hit stone, like they were just phasing that out even when I was getting in. So like they even took those kind of punishments away. And so even thinking about just 10 years before when my brother was in, like, I'm like, man, dude, like, you had it so much more rough than I did because I'm sure their boot camp was a more hands on approach from the drill instructors. <laughs> they like, they didn't have the moms of America yet where you couldn't, like, touch somebody hard or anything like that. Cause I remember, like, our drill instructors would get, like it would seem like they would almost get right up to that point but then you started knowing they're like okay you they, they can't really hit hit us you know like I'm I remember hearing stories from my brother when he was in and you know just a little bit more aggressive and stuff like that so
0: yeah boot camp I maybe. I mean I
1: loved boot camp I I honestly had a great time it was fantastic like it it was difficult and rough but my whole entire mindset was I didn't have to think for three months. They'll just tell me what to do and I can just do it. And like I just get a nice little brain vacation and yeah. you know, learn what they want me to learn. So that was it was an easy, easy thing for me. I boot camp was physically tough, mentally tough, but it was easy to to do in that in that kind of mindset.
0: Yeah, like I hear Navy boot camp now is like a cakewalk, I guess they give them like, a, like you get like a card or you can hold up a card if you're getting like work too hard, so you have to get they have to give you a break. They weren't doing that when I was in, so I heard that, and they give them like iPads now or some shit like that. I was like, wow, that's that's crazy because man, when I was in boot camp, they had a divisions in boot camp where you could have women and men, but mine was all men. We were just I forget what they actually call that, but so we had nothing but guys in ours and. We had a chief. I think it was a first class pay officer and a second class pay officer. Our chief was this little Mexican guy who was super freaking strict. Like, because they come around at, at Chow with a cart with like brownies and stuff. And man, if you touched a freaking brownie, he would just beat your ass. Like, he caught, like, I think he would call it like lock and load. You get underneath the rack, you put your feet, and you just start doing sit ups. Oh, like, wow. He, he would just beat us like hardcore. We that's probably the best shape I've ever been in my life, too. So, Um, and he was really strict, but like, we couldn't have any juices, no sodas, no cereal. I remember somebody was eating cereal one, one time for dinner. And he's like, are you a fucking kid? He's like, are you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I was like, Hey man, that poor dude was eating a bowl of cereal. But like nothing like that. And, uh, man, hopefully somebody that was in boot camp with remembers this. There was a guy that had like peanut butter and jelly packets in his, in his rack. And our chief found it in boot camp. Holy crap! We got our asses beat because of that guy. Like we push ups. Like he'd have us sit, keep the push up position with a full water canister. So like if your belt wasn't tight tight enough, it'd drop in front of you, and then you got a whole canteen of water just hanging r- pulling you down. And if you dropped, he'd tell you like everybody has to start all over again. But uh boot camp was fun. I like not not in the moment probably, but when I look back, right. like, you know, I got oh. I went from being skinny to really skinny, but probably the best shape I've ever been in my entire life. Like we, the mile and a half, I think it is that we ran. Ran, I was killing like in six minutes and something seconds. Like I was flying. You know, I was like, now I can't do that. If I were to do a mile and a half now, it'd, it'd take me like twelve minutes. I'd, I'd be walking like half of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I literally, I boot camp was probably the best. Um, overall PFT that I did, the the second best one, I would say, or like right online was, um, we did one while we were in Fallujah and my runtime for the three miles and it was 21 minutes and three seconds. And I swear to you, like the only reason I think I ran that fast it's because I thought I was gonna get like mortared and shelled, and I I had no idea why we were running a PFT like in Fallujah during like the Battle of Fallujah. They're like, well, "This is a great time to start doing this stuff." But yeah, that was it was so fun though, and and boot camp to get that in, into that kind of shape. Like looking back at it, yeah, there were some shitty ways of getting into that shape, but. I remember one time my one drill instructor, he was like the second in charge. I feel like he kind of liked me because he got, there was a couple of times he he really saved my ass from doing really horrible group activity uh, exercise. Like he, he told me to pull three of my friends and like I was immediately like suspicious, but he's like, no, he's like, pick three people you like. And I picked the scribe because he was the one in charge of fire watch and i didn't want to like you know be up in the middle of the night and then two other guys and we literally left um the rifle range because we're in the middle of something and we went back to our barracks and he's like i want you to count these uniforms and it was just all of our uniforms all hanging up in the front like everybody in the platoons And he's like i'll be back in four hours and we're like we just looked at each other we're like this is gonna take like 30 seconds. Like, what the what the fuck's going on? Time goes by. He comes back three, four hours later, picks us up, drives us back to the rest of the platoon that's in the you know the rifle range barracks, and they are just drenched in sweat, just covered. Like they were doing push-ups and dips the entire time. But uh holy crap. This guy, like so he hooked me up in a couple of ways like that. But there is one time he got me back just absolutely brilliantly. Like we were just about ready to graduate. We're actually practicing on the parade deck to do the whole walking around and everything. And I never knew it. I don't think anybody ever knew it, but his he had a wife that was a drill instructor too at the same time. And in Paris Island, you have the, the boys' boot camp and the girls' boot camp and stuff like that. And uh so She's just watching him, and she has a stroller. And he calls me over, and you know, you do the whole snapping and you know, saying all the stuff you needed to say. And he, I still remember this though. He's like, he's like, recruit. Who do you think this baby is? And like, I'm, I'm like, just dumbfounded by the question. And I, I look at him, and I'm like, drill instructor, you know, Staff Sergeant Osbyazu's, you know, baby. And dude, like. I think he had this plan for a while because from that moment I said that, this lady ripped into me like harder than other guy drill instructors. And I had to start doing jumping jacks and put. She's like, what, you don't think I'm a person too? And then she's like, that's my kid. And like, so I had to start doing exercises for her and saying, yes ma'am, I ma'am and all that stuff. And then he starts telling me to do stuff. So I'm saying yes, sir, no, sir. And like you could just see it building to where eventually I called her, sir. And he just lost it on me. And he's like, all right, man, start running. And like we have these little sand pits all over in Paris Island and stuff like that. And he just took me on a nice long run that day, just visiting all the different sand pits And like, but I feel like it was just his way of paying me back for all the other times that he like he saved me from other drill instructors and stuff like that. So it was <laughs> it was super cool. Oh
0: that's what's so freaking badass about the military. Like it like that and obviously in the moment shit like that sucks. Like you can't do that in any freaking other job in the entire world is just punish somebody <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like that physically you know that's what's like a man we have so, they're one of the funnier funnier stories that happened to us on deployment so like when you cross the equator they call them a walk or wog day so if you never cross the equator you're a wog in the navy and if you've crossed it you're a shellback so okay like, yeah if you're a wog you get your ass basically handed to you like all day well this one guy uh he was from a different ship. He came on our ship. There's a few of them. Um, he got his eyebrows shaved off. So they shaved off his eyebrows. But then I think he was a crew leader at the time. So he's on the flight deck. You have to get permission across that the aft end of the ship to go to the other side. I can't remember all freaking sides of the ship now. But you have to get permission because there are aircraft landing and stuff like that. So you can't just run because you can die. But I think it was at night or something like that. And he... He thought he got permission, so him and his team, like, ran across. And uh he went to air traffic control with the op- the flight deck officer who's ever in charge at-, at that time. And I guess they said, like, they're chewing him out. Everybody's cracking about the story because he's getting chewed out. And then the, the officer was like, shit, mate, where the fuck are your eyebrows? You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's like the type of shit that happens in Navy. Navy's a lot of like fuckery like that. Like where you just um fuck with people. Like our racks would lift up and if you don't lock your rack, you can lift lift the person up and they're stuck cuz was like a pull. That happened to me once. Oh, sure. Yeah, shit like that. So it's
1: Cuz if you ever have any like training videos like have you ever seen anybody like nearly get like fucked up from crossing at the wrong time?
0: No, but there's all the stories, you know, like um, people getting decapitated and stuff like that that we've heard. Yeah. I right, heard. I didn't know if
1: they had any like uh, videos of like this. This is what's really going to happen, and because I remember they scared the crap out of us, or they tried to for like uh, when they would do big unit uh, like STD classes and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Like they didn't shy away from putting big old. Yeah, that stuff in your face. I didn't know they're like you. Just some random jackass wasn't paying attention, and literally gets his head lobbed off. That would be so fucking horrific to like witness.
0: Never seen a video about it, but definitely heard about it happening. But yeah, those STD videos. My my god, man! It's like we get it after like the second clip. It's like we get it, we get it. All right, like we're good.
1: Stop this.
0: Yeah. It's it's like man, now now I'm gonna have just nightmares. I'm not gonna be able to sleep because I'm gonna be seeing this crazy shit in my I head. don't know if you watch The Office,
1: but it feels like a Michael Scott like training video of just being uncomfortable with it.
0: It's man, if anybody ever gets to watch one of those, I'd recommend just doing it just because it's funny as hell. Like that it's really gross when you think about it, but it's funny at the same time but uh i mean the crap they show you i don't know um
1: like it almost seems impossible that someone would ever let it get to the point of what they show like i don't understand like walking around with a cauliflower you know coming out like at what point you're like you know maybe i should start to get this looked at like
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like at what point are you like, holy shit, like this is really happening? <laughs>
1: I still don't believe it. I still don't believe it.
0: I got the crown going on down there. I'm fine. That's normal, right? That's normal. It's just a crown. Like, what? what? What the hell's going on? That's the one that I remember because that thing like scared the shit out of me. I was like, holy cow, man. I saw that. I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. You guys are freaking me out now. I'm already on a ship that's super old that has all these crazy. Stories and nightmarish type events that have happened on there, so it's like right now that's embedded in my mind. Also, that's that's perfect. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> man, like our ship, so like uh, anybody that's an ABF, well, especially on the Nimitz, will probably understand this. Like we do a fuels watch, and it this shit is kind of scary because it's an older ship, so you hit, hear like all these stories from previous deployments back in like the '80s and stuff like that. But like the fuel stations are technically, I guess, underwater. You know, so you go, all, you're going down super far. I can't remember how deep it is or how how many uh, ladder wells it is. Yeah, and it, when you have a watch, like balls to four or whatever, like in the middle of the night and everybody's asleep, that's like the scariest shit. Like I remember going down there and like the things will start turning and they have like four JG boxes and you hear like. <sighs> Like, fuck no, I don't know how many times I went down there and just signed. Oh, man, I gun decked it. Yeah, people, I gun decked it. I go down there. <laughs> I went down there and I signed that paper, like the the log sheet. And I the ladder was, you know, kind of like slanted like this or like actual stairs. So I was just like, Ch-ch-ch-ch. never looking back. I was like, I'm never, I never looked back behind me to see if any, I just always thought like, man, somebody might have died on the ship. I think there was like a story. Somebody hung themselves in one of the pump rooms. So I was like, I'm never looking back. I'm, I go down there at that time at, at night and going up super fast. And I'm sure a lot of people have gun decked by things like pump room two and pump room three, three on the ship. It's uh kind of sketchy at Yeah. Midnight, you know, and start hearing shit turn on and nobody's down there or there have been Bro. times I've gone down there and somebody's working down there. That'd freak me out too. I'm like, who are you? Like, I don't even know who you are. are you supposed to be down here. It's like, are you even real? I don't know. I hear this this pump room's haunted. I don't know.
1: You <laughs> had this engineer, Job Seth Davidson. That this dude was probably one of the hardest working engineers in that platoon, and he had the uncanny ability to like just pop up out of nowhere while we're in <laughs> like I the boat times that we deployed, because I deployed deployed with them twice no matter what you're doing, like if you're changing out shift at night or if you had to do something in the motor pool at night, this guy would just randomly pop up and scare the ever living shit out of all of us because he was like, he did not have like a schedule when he was in Iraq. He he was like 100% on call all the time. So you would just never see this guy. And then he would just be behind a generator that's running and then all of a sudden, pop up out of there and be like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Like, what? <laughs> and man, that dude scared the ever living crap out of us just
0: all the time. <laughs> See, that stuff ain't cool, man. You know, like uh, not a yet. Walking around Babylon, like I already feel the place is
1: haunted. We were, uh, they had Saddam's palace was one of his one of his palaces was right at the top of the hill. We stayed in like the slave chambers. Like motor T's stayed down in like the slave chambers, and we even had an army officer kill himself, in one of the port-a-johns, like right next to us. So we had all that stuff going on, and then here's this dude just randomly just popping up out of nowhere in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, man,
0: that stuff, man. It's like you don't do that. Like I'm already, I'm already kind of superstitious. As it is, so like that type of stuff, like would freak me out. I, w- I would probably punch that dude, but like, dude, you need to stop. <laughs> it,
1: it, was, out, sure. it was just he happened to always be in the weirdest places, have to do something because, um, right at the end of our first deployment, and once again, this is how I say we're all wimps and wusses and stuff like that. Right at the end, we were starting to get AC units out in those little offshoot buildings and stuff like that. So he was working 24 seven basically because everybody and their mother was turning it up as hard, hard as they can work. they blowing out generators all the time. And so finally, like the only time to fix them were at night when everything was off. Like, cause we were buying uh, TVs, like satellite dishes, trying to get like Haji TV and stuff on, on. And so we were just abusing those generators. So,
0: so that's kind of like payback. He's like, you know what? Screw everybody. I want to freak them the hell out for making me work nonstop.
1: Huge rolls of wire from like one thing to the other, like looking like that, like, uh, <laughs> Like, Marley and Marley from the, the, the that Christmas story. Like, he looked like a haunted ghost just carrying around all this shit.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, that's that's great.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> Scary times.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's funny, man. That, those are... I spent, man, I'm just thinking now what you're saying, like, how you dug up even that ancient stuff. Like, man, you guys are doing some... I'm surprised you guys weren't haunted, man. You're doing some like freaking tomb raiding going on over there, you know? It's like, shit. yeah, I was, I was not about that. I, I was all about just filling it
1: in and putting trash in there and burning more and stuff like that. Like, I didn't want to see that stuff.
0: Yeah. So, I, I, screw that. I mean, because regardless of
1: whatever you believe in, like, that was, those were buried houses in Babylon. I'm, nah, I'm not going to. Nah, messing with that. Uh,
0: exactly, <laughs> like, like I said, I'm superstitious, and I remember there was like the whole, I think that's like the King Tut story, right? When those, like, whoever those archaeologists that dug up his tomb, right. like they all, they all died. I think, like, uh, see, that's the type of stuff. I think one of them, if I remember reading it right, this is I this years ago, like he cut himself shaving and he got infected and he died. So I'm like, you know, like that's the type of shit. Just I could never if i came across something old like that i would have done the same thing I'm like all right putting the dirt back on i'm out see you later i'm not touching i'm not even touching anything
1: right. <laughs> my bad i went a little too far
0: sorry spirits if you're out here don't don't freaking get me <laughs> uh-huh. oh man yeah I'm- I-, I couldn't do it that's what always freaked me out on the ship and you'd always hear like the weirdest noises and shit like that in the middle of the night and it just i wasn't about that stuff i that's the worst watch too, is are those those late watches where you get them like balls to four or whatever it is balls to six and it's like everybody's asleep. It's just you and the other person that's up in the office keeping track of where you're at because you have to radio in, you know, like P officer rover and going down pump room two. Like I'd make sure they knew I was going down those pump rooms. So if I knew it was one of those ones that was haunted, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm oh, going down here. <laughs> I'm like halfway down. I'm still going down. I'm still here. Don't if I don't radio in like two minutes, freaking ghost got my ass. Right. God, man. Yeah. I only knew how much i I never checked those that pump room. I know it's pump room too. I'm like a hundred percent sure. i I'd go down there, I'd see no no fuel on the ground, I'm like boom. Okay, I'm going right back up. Deuces. <laughs> Probably the worst thing in the world to do, but I mean everybody yeah. lived. Everybody lived, you know. They can't do nothing to me now, so it's okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I remember uh, that was, for me, that was like the worst time for watch and stuff like that because that early morning sunrise and then it would just dip down super cold being outside, like watching the sunrise, like that was was really the worst of it for me because... I don't know why it just, it would get to that temperature and like the hands would start be shaking. And then, you know, back then it was literally, I would just chain smoke to, to, to try to do something to keep warm then throw in a dip and then yeah, just keep on rinse and repeat. But yeah, I, I did not like that. I, and then if you got the middle watches like dude, if you couldn't go back to sleep, you're fucked. Then you're just laying there for four hours doing nothing.
0: So watch it. It's like the timing of all those are important. Like uh, if you get like the last watch when you're on duty on on the Navy, it kind of sucks because it's like you don't really get to sleep too much. And then you're awake when the work day kind of starts. And now you got to work the whole go through the whole work day again. It's like, yeah, that part kind of blows. It's like on in the Navy duty you're on the ship for 24 hours basically even in port like if you go to port and it's your duty your I forget the them, but it's like a group one or group two whatever it's your duty day that whole entire part of the ship that group two whatever rate right they're in has to stay on the ship for 24 hours oh, that yeah. shit sucks man like uh, I, I for some reason always seem to have duty on Fourth of July also. Always- I always I uh,
1: offered to, I always bought or got paid for duty. I would take all the holidays, Christmas, New Year's. People would pay so much money. I'm like, cool. Because I didn't have a family at the time. You know, I was like, I am I was all the way out in California. I wasn't going to buy a plane ticket back home. That was just a waste of money. So, yeah, I loved holidays. Holidays were a great way to make a little extra money. That and uh, MCIs. Doing all my uh buddies MCIs and getting them promoted to like staff sergeant and shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit. But we had a, a guy on deployment. Guy I I don't think I did laundry the whole time on deployment. He would do my laundry for me. He'd you know however much I can't remember how much, maybe ten bucks to do laundry. But he'd go in our in our birthing and he would just ask. He was actually part of our division, but they they had him like TAD to the mess decks. So he's working yeah. in the mess deck. So he had all this downtime. He's like, Oh, yeah, I'll do you guys as laundry. He just, I mean, cause you have to That's sign in to laundry too. And it's hard to find time when you work on the flight deck. Cause it's, I mean, you're working like 12, 16 hour days somewhere along those lines. So it's like, man, he had all this downtime. I don't know how much money he was making, but I'm sure he, he, he racked in some pretty serious dough doing that. Right. I get kind of jealous. I mean, it was smarter. I wish I would have, I wish I had time to do it, but just never really had time. It's like, shit.
1: You know, the FCIs were really easy because they were still bubble sheets. I don't know about them now, but they were all bubble sheet fill ins. And there was only like two, maybe three versions of it. And so all I did was just take one bubble sheet and Punch out all the holes, and I just made little, just master things, and just charge 20 dollars for like a lance corporal to a corporal. Charge like fifty for a corporal to a sergeant. Charge seventy-five for a sergeant to staff, and then just have all these other things filled out and everything like that.
0: <laughs> oh shit, that's awesome! <laughs> the crap you could do, like the the crap you could do in the military makes me laugh like i love hearing crazy stories because it's i don't know like it, it's so strict but at the same time you can do so many just i got a, a six foot snake tank in the barracks a what i had i i
1: got a red tail uh boa and before my first deployment i had it I, it was small and so i had it in a small tank in my wall locker so you couldn't see it And I put like black sheets around because the heat lamp was on and like that would shine through. But I put like, I taped black uh, towels on the inside so you couldn't see it. Came back a lot bigger and I had just money to spend, got into my new barracks room and I went and I bought a six foot long, like vision tank, I think it was called. And so it was plastic on all the sides, but a nice huge glass front and just had that sitting in the barracks room.
0: What the hell, man? Yeah, I got I got away with that too
1: because they come in all every. I think, I think field day nights were every Thursday, and then they would come and check every Friday, and they it was clean, and I have no idea how I got away with it, but yeah, I just had a giant snake tank in in the barracks for the longest time.
0: That's pretty badass, though. That's freaking cool, man. I used to do a bunch of like skating. That's what we'd call it. Like I was pretty good at skating. Like oh, yeah. every, you know, like I became a professional skater at one point. Like in the mornings, they do cleaning stations on the ship. Man, I'd go into like the the restrooms and act like I was cleaning like a, the bathrooms, and I just sit on the toilet and take a nap. I just sit there and crash out, you know. And they the bell goes off, you know, that like, cleaning stations is done, and just get up and walk out. Go smoke pit, freaking! <laughs> I got pretty good at that, you know. It's every once in a while you'd get busted. They're like, "Hey, like, what are you doing in here?" I'm like, "Oh, right,
1: right." Those are the scariest times, man. Those are the scariest times when you know you're just fucking off, and they just they come out of nowhere, dude. I got I got caught one time by uh, my staff sergeant. We were in Iraq. Um. I was done doing what I I needed to do, but I mean, I could have been hanging out with the rest of Motor T, but we had the armory literally inside of our motor pool. So I went to go hang out with those guys because they had it hooked up. They were in Connex boxes, nice cool air conditioning. There was only three of them total. So like there was space, they were watching TV and movies and stuff like that. I go over there one day and I'm like, I'm literally there for like two hours not doing a damn thing but just sitting on one of those pop-up chairs and uh my staff sergeant comes in and he's like what the fuck are you doing i'm like um i'm getting those uh 50 cows mounted and i just wanted to cross check to make sure the uh serial numbers staff sergeant were right and like he had no other response he's like well, "Fucking get it done and come on back i was like oh my god dude like i was gone for a long ass time i thought i was seriously like screwed and i just came up with that one out of the back of my ass and yeah, yeah those were fun times though
0: yeah i've been uh i got busted a few times one of the main times i can remember so at this point i was working in the fuels lab and there was like three of us we had like three three during the day and three at night Night fell asleep like that's one thing i could do i don't know about yourself but man the military i can sleep anywhere now like i can just i could probably sleep in this chair. Well. I, that's kind of what the story is. I slept in like a like a desk chair. I had my my jacket. I wrapped it around me, and I my legs up and everything with my boots on. I was curled up in a chair like this, asleep. And I think it was during cleaning stations. And um, I think he was still a first class petty officer at the time. Dublin, I think it was his name, Dublin. He came in and he, was, he just ripped me. He just tore me apart. He's like, why are you asleep? You know, it's clean stations. You're supposed to be doing all the stuff down there in the pump room or the fuel station and shining the brass. And I like, oh, fuck. And then, so I had to go into his the flight deck office, which where he worked. And He was like really, I think anybody that I was in on, in the Navy with will know this. Like he was really strict, but it's kind of like almost overly strict to... A point where it's kind of funny, but he had like little boot marks on the floor in front of his desk. Like if you're standing at attention, so the feet, you know, mm-hmm. like this, so he, you'd have to stand there, put your feet on there at attention. And he would just chew you out. And he, he chewed me out for sleeping during cleaning stations. I was like, of all, I remember like when I got back and I was talking to some of the guys, i like, of all the things that I could get in trouble for and like getting yelled at for it's fucking sleeping. Like, Holy crap. Thank God this guy's not following me around during Fuels Watch because
1: <laughs> he would know that that log sheet is
0: fudged. It's like, damn, do you were down there? How fast did you get down there? It's like, oh, like you start making up times too. I know, man, this looks bad, but I know a lot of people have done this. Like you'd go down there and say it's like actually two in the morning, but you're like, okay, I got to make it seem like I'm putting a good amount of time down here. You put like like you got there like five minutes earlier. So when you get to the next part of the, of your watch, it's like that get time gap is a little bit, a little bit longer. So it's like, Oh, you're not just going down there, running out and signing somewhere else, running out and going somewhere else. That's, that's thinking. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. The shit you have to, you learn to avoid work.
1: <laughs> it's a hard thing to do to avoid work that well. <laughs>
0: is it you're like productive you're being productive and you're not working it's it's a it's a it's a trait that you build up over time you know like you definitely have to master it it's not like I did I learned that shit myself I definitely learned it from somebody you know
1: we but, had a guy that his nickname was Skate Taylor <laughs> this dude was selling old Humvee tires to the Kuwaitis on the side Nice. So like all of our bar bald humpy tires that we were just trashing, he was taking those out and selling those to the or the Kuwaitis down there when we were there.
0: Shit! Either
1: like, either. like the work that that took to avoid his actual job—that's impressive. Like it is. so,
0: yeah. That's 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 insane. What happens if you get busted doing that, though? Like what?
1: I mean, we had another guy that was on his way to do shady stuff, and he literally got busted down while we were in Kuwait for walking around with a pair of bolt cutters. Like, you know, there's that saying: "There's no, there's only one thief." In the Marine Corps, everybody else is just trying to get their shit back. No, I haven't heard that. So, that's you new. Know. Oh, so that's what we used to say. There's only one thief in the Marine Corps. Everybody's just trying to get their shit back. You know? And so I can't remember what other unit in our in our uh, group it was, but I think it was ninth calm. They stole some shit from us. And so he went on a night mission. And he was literally on his way to go get it back, but he got caught beforehand. Oh, and so like this dude. He probably could have been like a, like a staff sergeant four years. Like that's how well he knew his job. That's how good he was. But his, his personal decision-making was horrendous. Like a couple DUIs, uh, like stuff like, you know, carrying. But at the same time, he was the guy that upper people relied on on getting that stuff done. So it was kinda of like a double edged sword in that, that manner too. So like it kinda of sucked to see him get that. But he never was really um he never like let it actually affect him though. Like he was, he just went he's like, Yeah, I did it. <laughs> took it. Like a man, like like he never like he never snitched on anybody for anything. Like, we used to sneak, like, after his second DUI, we would sneak him off base to go to the bars and stuff like that because he was on barracks restriction. And then we would just sneak out and go to Temecula and stuff like that. We'd go a little bit further than uh, Carlsbad, you know? So, but, yeah, like, when he he would get caught, he would just go, yeah, that was was me. And then he would go from Lance Corporal to PFC to Lance Corporal to Corporal to Lance Corporal, like, just up and down the – the first four ranks like a whole bunch of times because he, he was shit hot knowing his job like he could do anything both on the operator or mechanical side of motor t because that's what they had to do after he got his dui he couldn't drive obviously so they put him with the mechanics and he started out performing most of the mechanics
0: See, so, yeah, i think a lot of people that's like there's people like that even in civilian world where they're hella good they just know their shit so it's like what do you that's hard to do like if they're maybe that's why he even felt like hey i can get away with doing shit whatever because he knows his worth to the higher ups and i've seen that even sometimes at work there's people that like push the envelope but they also i mean they're the one that your manager or the boss relies on to like get the message across or get the job done but it's like hey to take the good with the bad. Is it, it kind of reminds me of like a Dennis Rodman type character? You know, it's like hell of good. Hella good. You know what you do, but man, you're fucking crazy at the same time. Right? <laughs> but you got to put up with. I'll put up with the crazy, knowing that hey, when it's time to show up and put out, like you're you're going to be. Yeah, them.
1: I think like all the times that Rodman got fined, it was never like he was delinquent. He was like, "Cool, yeah, there it is."
0: Yeah, you know, I'll get twenty rebounds the next yeah. game. Yeah. Right? Dude, it was great.
1: Like you like, I don't follow basketball basketball that much anymore, but I do remember like the Jordan and like Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc, uh Steve Kerr, all like back in the day and stuff like that. Like people aren't getting 20 plus rebounds anymore, are they? Like, are there anybody doing that consistently like he was, like day in and day out?
0: Not that I know of. I don't follow basketball that closely anymore either. Like the last few years, I've kind of kicked it to the the curb. It's just – I don't know. It's hard to watch. That's – for me, it's hard to watch. But What got
1: me was when they went to the bubble is when I really stopped watching. Like when they did that whole playoff in the bubble and they started bitching about everything and they were gone for – like they're like, it's been three weeks since I've seen my family. I'm like – you got paid millions of dollars. Suck it the fuck up, buttercup. Like, (laughs) like, if honestly, if you're going to be honest, pretty much, I'm going to bet half of you are cheating on your families anyways. So it's not like you're really home. Like you're you're staying in a five-star hotel accommodation, you're getting people like admitting that they're getting just ridiculously high throughout the whole entire thing. You're playing video games when you're not playing an actual game. You're, and you're literally playing a game. And yeah, you guys. You like a- oh, you said bad things to me. I'm going to get you kicked out of the game. Like LeBron, man. I used to love LeBron, but that dude got soft real quick. Like there are some things like that should not have been said, but dude, he is like not that tough of a person. Like mentally, I think now, like, yeah. Like stuff like Russell Westbrook, I think, was the one that was complaining after like 21 days that you know, oh, this this is hurting me. Like, dude, I've had how many friends like be in a situation where it's nine months since they've seen their family, let alone have kids while they're out on deployment. Like, dude, and you got paid, you got paid on what average two hundred and fifty thousand. For a game that lasts, what, 48 minutes?
0: Exactly. I think – I don't know. Because I, I, I see like – I've heard people like um, that go to bat for professional athletes, you know, like, oh, it's tough, you know, and all that stuff. But I thought the same thing during, during that whole bubble thing, like – I mean, there's some guys that seem like they took. They're like whatever. I think that some people are like fishing the past time. I think they're like a pond or a lake or something. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But like, don't yeah, don't bitch about it. Holy crap, man! One like, dude, I can't
1: remember who it was? One dude made me so happy though. I I, I don't I don't think it was uh, DeAndre Ayton, but um, some dude was hustling like coffee during that whole entire oh, yeah, time.
0: that's uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. That's who
1: it was <laughs> like, that dude was legit. Cool. Like he took it. He's like, okay, cool. Let me run with it. Like how awesome was that?
0: He had like a deployment mindset. When I heard that too, I was like, damn, he's doing something you see like on the ship. Somebody's like, I'll get you guys coffee. It's five bucks or 10 bucks. I'll go make it, give it, bring it back to you. It's like, damn, that bucks for
1: a Newport cigarette. You know, yeah.
0: like, Hey, I'll fly you by. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard that. I was like, that's the most deployment esque freaking story I've heard this whole time in the bubble. I was like, that dude is I mean, obviously he's a multimillionaire already, but it's like, damn, he's still out there grinding for fucking twenty bucks a coffee. <laughs>
1: you know, and, and look at how that keeps his mind active to where he's not the one complaining. He's like, Cool, I gotta I gotta make more.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause like you said did though, he like the coffee
1: business after that.
0: Did he? He probably I did. It, he probably mm. hey, why not? You know, <laughs> or at least, right. or at least like co-found one or something like that. So something like that, I thought. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's true. I, when I I heard a lot of those guys complaining and stuff, I thought the same thing. Like you were saying, like man, I remember like my flight back to San Diego. The, I took leave right before deployment. It's like man, that's a different type of level of like deuces, you know, like. I think it was my mom, my sister, and my niece there. It's like, that's, it hurt. It, it hits different than, okay, I'm going to be at a five star, but Michelin star chefs probably, and I can go fish. I can go play video games. I mean,
1: FaceTime whenever, Face whenever you want. Get on the internet whenever you want. Like, yeah. I remember the lines and lines and signing up to make sure that you had a spot from like, 2 a.m. to 2 15 a.m. to get on the internet like and and now like they're you know a couple states away that's it
0: yeah and then i think of even our deployment you know like uh getting mail was huge and then but they use a helicopter and they airdrop them from the supply ship onto the carrier and sometimes those would topple over so it's like damn whatever was on there that's gone you know and poor i feel i feel sorry for ever. <laughs>
1: And that's crazy because, like, that just made me think of one of my biggest, like, it's a completely irrational fear because it's never going to happen. But, like, how many times has a cargo ship from China tipped over and those Connex boxes filled with stuff just dropped to the ocean? Like, how many times? And this is where my sick mind goes. Like. Do you think, like, there were human trafficking, like, smugglers in the... You know, like I think about that stuff. I'm like, dude, what a shitty way to go. Like, it sucks hearing about your mail. Like, like, dude, imagine you just get toppled over. You're in a ship and then you're just sinking.
0: Yeah. Like, that's... That's what always, like, freaks me out with, like, Pearl Harbor. You know? He, was it the USS Arizona? Where dudes are, like, trapped in there and, like... That... Like, I, I, I haven't watched the movie. That's
1: a whole nother level of fear, man. Like, that's a whole nother level of fear.
0: Like, I've never watched the actual full movie, but I've watched the beginning parts of it or that the actual attack part. And they, I was actually watching it just man, maybe like a few weeks ago. I saw it was on TV and I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch it. But I was watching that part and man, like, they show the guys in there and they're like, all right, one guy's like, everybody hold your breath. And it's like, dude, that. <laughs> 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 you know, like there's parts where the guy's hands are coming out of the freaking what do you call it i can't even think right now um but that's uh, again why
1: like the, my deployment was nothing like compared to that like i think about dude we had we had hot chow all the time we had mres that we could have at any time of the day they might not have been tasty but like it really Dude, you got actual. Like, we started off digging our own bathrooms, but we had porta Johns after a while. But, like, dude, just imagining, like, being like, okay, hold your breath. Like, dude, like,
0: embracing death like that. Like, there's nothing you can do in that, sense, you know? Like, that. that's the part that, like, even when I think about submarines. Like I've only seen one. I've never been on one, but I've seen one when I was up in Bremerton, Washington. There was one I was by our ship when we were dry dock. It's like, man, f being on that, you know? Because if one little hole in that thing, you're like, you can't swim out. You're you're done. You're dead. My (laughs) buddy
1: just posted on Instagram. He does. He lives in Washington, and it's not like a submarine, but it's like one of those like underwater vessels. And I'm like, dude, do you actually get in that thing? He's like, yeah. I go out and test them. I'm like, you have balls man like balls remember not too long ago um i I don't want to be completely incorrect but i think it was like an aav fell off of something and like you had those eight or nine marines that uh and a corpsman that freaking like just sank like
0: yeah dude god
1: (laughs) is that just horrific
0: drowning is not the way i'd want to go
1: That's why I don't like. I don't go past my knees in the ocean because man, (laughs) in the ocean that is not meant to be in this world. Like there is not one good movie about the ocean. Like Finding Nemo is a horrible, horrible movie. Like think about it. You start off, mom gets killed. You know, you got a. You know, you get a fin that's all messed up. Then you get kidnapped. Then you get terrorized by a little girl. You're getting stung by jellyfish. You get sharks trying to eat you. Like, that movie is just nothing but a terror ride.
0: Never thought of it from that point of view before. Yeah, that's making me think of all these different movies, like Disney ones, even like Little Mermaids, kind of, I guess you could put in that.
1: (laughs) There's nothing good that comes from the ocean. This evil
0: octopus that's like trying to. Fucking take over the ocean, basically.
1: That's why like, I'm, I'm actually trying to build a pond in, on our land because we've got a big enough space to where we're going to build a pond. Because, dude, even I watched that Sea on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but man, dude, like you think it's going in one direction, but that documentary takes some hard left turns. And like they're showing like even these like salmon, um, Hatcheries that are like they have out in the ocean and stuff, dude. They have like these viruses that are like some kind of like parasites that turn them, they call them like zombie fish. And so it's literally like you see like the skeleton of the fish head and like the body's just moving around. And that's just the stuff that we eat. Like the, there's nothing in the water that is good. Nothing. What nothing. The in the water. Yeah. The that, okay. So the sea spiracy starts with like. You know how everybody got really really bent out of shape because of plastic straws and turtles going going up like sea turtles nose they break it down to where like normal human pollution is like a point of a percentage of what's wrong but like all the fishing cargo nets that's the stuff like that makes up the big huge trash island it's not like uh it's not whatsoever like equivalent like as far as human population pollution and like the fishing vessels that are just absolutely because they cut the lines and stuff like that. But then it makes it turn into like how like these people in Thailand are just getting shoved off boats in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, dude, it's it's a wild ride.
0: What the hell? It, it was it was a wild watch. I wrote it down. I'm gonna watch that. Sea That sounds uh
1: like, dude, that's why I'm building like my own little pond and having that in the back here because that <laughs> there's nothing good in the water. There's nothing good.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, even though I was in the Navy, I'm like actually afraid of the ocean. Like, I really am. I get petrified of the ocean. But like, we were just in Coronado. That's where I was stationed. But we are, we went a couple weeks ago or two weekends ago, I think. Now, um, but I I, mean, I go out pretty far because I like to body surf, but. This last time I went, there was a point where I was like looking around, the only one out there. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back in because, I mean, there's sharks and shit, jellyfish especially, and in, in that part of the of San Diego. So I'm like, oh, crap. And you can't see anything. The California water is so freaking murky. The Pacific Ocean is like, it's just gray. So now I was like kind of nervous. After a while, I, I was waiting for a wave, and I kept kind of – out a little bit further trying to catch a good one. And I finally got one. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not going back out there. And I was that was like neck high, maybe close to. Yes. Yeah, after that, it's like uh, kind of the same boat, you know. It's I don't I was so bad with the
1: water. Um, when me and my wife were like first starting day, like a cou- couple years into dating, we drove down from La Murata, where she lived and went to San Diego. And we actually stopped in La Jolla to rent kayaks. About 30 seconds in a kayak, man. I was over it. I was done. I was sick. I didn't like anything about it. And, like, I swear this was not on purpose. But, like, we're following this kayaking tour, little group and everything. And they take us through the cave. And by this time, I'm spinning so much. I don't even know what's going on. But I ended up ramming us into the cave. Like, I smashed she like bounced her head off of the cave. Like, she didn't bleed or anything, but like, I just couldn't control where we were going. At one point, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to get out and hold on to like the side of the kayak because I just, the, the water just does something to me, man. I don't know what it is. It's just, I that, like, we spent maybe 15 minutes out total, and I'm like, I'm done. Like, this isn't happening.
0: Yeah, see, I, I don't think I'd ever kayak in the ocean or like the those uh those paddle things where people stand up on them. I forget what you call those. That just seems have like you, a necessary exercise. Yeah. Well I've have you, I was I just saw the video, god, I think it was yesterday. So somebody was on something like that. Like what do they call those? I don't know what they call those things. Paddle boards? Is that what it is? Just a paddle board, right? Paddle board. He was, he was standing up and he's doing it, and uh there's a turtle that's being like attacked by a shark, some type of shark. And it's like happening right underneath them. They're like spinning. It's going around them. And the turtle goes underneath them and the shark tips his, hits him and tips him over. I'm like, Nope. And that, see, that's the type of stuff I think of. I'm like, I don't care if the shark doesn't, if it's not going to take a bite of you or anything. I just do not trust the ocean at all. And that's crazy because yeah, I was in the Navy, but it's like, I just don't trust the freaking ocean. I Honest to God. And I watched like, even on our deployment, there was a part one part where we had a, a sea day where everybody can jump off the hangar bay and go swimming, but they had everybody mounted on the fifty cows. I'm like, nope, I didn't sign up for that. I, was like, I am not jumping out in the middle of the freaking damn Pacific Ocean, not knowing. You know what I mean? Like, have you guys ever watched Shark Week? These sharks jump out of the water. They come up from underneath you.
1: What? No, there's yeah. There's- <laughs> there is there is stuff in there. It's so vast. Like what they said, we've only like seen like ten percent of it. Like something and then, like that like, of the horrific stuff. Like that. Like that. I I think it's the anglerfish with the light in front of it. Like yeah. how, which was also in Finding Nemo.
0: Oh, it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Finding Nemo is a horrific. Like, I would rather Liana watch Goodfellas with me over Finding Nemo.
0: Hey, Goodfellas is pretty realistic. You know? yeah. well, it's a True story. So, teaches you not to snitch. That's what kind of teaches you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I never thought about Finding Nemo. Though. That's still, like totally changed my whole perspective of the entire movie. Damn. I wonder if I wonder if his fin was jacked up now because of like pollution in the water, you know, now I'm like thinking like deep into it. Like did he have a <laughs> <laughs> see it comes back to sea
1: Spiracy. Some turtle had a freaking uh straw up his nose and you know that's why Nemo had a you know a small fin.
0: Yeah. And then I oh, don't know. this this was I'm never have you ever watched that stupid tic tac video on off the Nimitz? It was on my ship too, like the, the Nimitz back in like '98. The whole alien I know this is like a weird term, but the alien sh- UFO ship that they said they are like tracking like pilots off the in the Nimitz. Was, no. I think this happened in '98. It was definitely before I was on the ship, but so there are credible pilots are saying that they're like this sh- like aircraft came out of nowhere and they're like tracking it, it's doing all these weird maneuvers and. And it just drops straight into the ocean. I don't think it makes a splash or anything. So they, I don't know. I'm not like, a, I'm not going to get into it. Cause I'm not like, I don't know what to think about that stuff quite yet, but I was like, damn, that is fucking wild, man. I was like, I mean, I didn't know that before I got on my ship. I watched it. it I think it's just recently came to light, like the last two years, that video, because it was classified, but right. uh, I was like, holy crap. You know, that's, Makes me think more about the ocean. Like I was like shit, I was I was out on that thing. I was on that ship. I was out in the ocean. That's like you said, we only know like ten percent of the ocean, so like fuck. We know about, I think they say more about space than like that. the ocean, which is kind of alarming since we're basically living on water, you know, everything all the land masses are floating on water, so right and see
1: that's why i don't really like scientists and i know that's a weird little segue but like dude like how do we actually know what's in the middle of the earth like we've only gone down i think like the furthest we've gone down is what five miles and so like i remember getting taught growing up that there's this like molten lava in the middle of the earth's corn like how the hell do you guys make that shit up and just pass it off you don't know yeah. Like it could just be some giant fish ready to just eat us at any moment. Like he's just playing with us right now.
0: Yeah, like no, it's God. What freaking place was it? I was. I actually read this. I was reading this last night. This is what I do when I'm by myself. I get like in these rabbit holes. When I'm started watching the stupidest shit. I was watching something. I think it was on YouTube. It was like um. So they, I think it was Antarctica. Where they dug into like an iceberg or something, and yeah. they have found like living organisms down there. I'm like, dude, get the that. I, I was like, all right, this is some freaking creepy shit. Now, like, now we're starting to get to like alien versus predator type type yeah. movie. If you've ever seen that, have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the pyramid and the, that they uncover that's frozen. I'm like, okay, starting to freak me out. Now we're finding life forms that are like millions or billions of years old and and living under this thousands of layers of ice like that's freaky as hell man i don't mess with that stuff like no. cover it back up don't what's in there let it stay down there you know just i'm good so
1: um the uh i don't know if you ever had a chance to get out to texas but there's a city out there fredericksburg and i know you keep on saying that you're on the nimitz like they have like that's his actual like they have a, a whole museum dedicated to him out there and it? it's a really cool place like If you ever get a chance to check that out, like it's the Nimitz museum. It's freaking, it's pretty cool. And it's in a little tiny German town. So.
0: Yeah. If I ever get a chance to go back, I lived in Texas my last year of high school. My parents moved from California, my senior year of high school to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So you imagine how fun that was. Yeah, uh, It wasn't that bad. Cause, um, you know, it was like a weird segue too, but Texas parents, I don't know what it is, but like in California, I'd have to sneak out all the time. My, my friends and I always snuck out in high school to go party and you know do whatever. But man, Texas, I remember the first one I went to, this guy we're driving his truck, we get there and I got completely hammered. This story's I'm not gonna go into detail, but like the parents <laughs> there's like a mom outside with a fishbowl or a bowl or something. She like collecting keys. And I remember she's like, Oh, the there's like beer in the house and the liquors by the, by the burnt, the fire pit or whatever. And I was
1: like, yeah, oh. that we, okay. So where I grew up that there was uh stripper cuts where they're just mining out, you know, the, the land and they made up pond behind this, one lady and guy's house and that's where we would all go because it was just huge nothing and we would park and it was literally throw your keys in the bowl and that's it it was even like um it was about a quarter mile from their house to a restaurant and the mom and dad would literally like not do all night food runs but like they'll take a huge order and bring it out as long as we were just all just sitting by <laughs> the, the, the pond and everything. And we just pitched tents all over the place back there. And just, we would get just annihilated because <laughs> 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 I don't know about that, but in Pennsylvania, you can't buy uh alcohol like grocery stores or gas station or anything like that you have to go to a beer distributor to get beer and you have to go to a different store completely to get liquor and i've looked this old since i was about 16 and so i would make all the beer runs back in the day and i was pretty smart about it i put a lot of pre-planning into it and I would take the cool aunt with me, and have her go to the cashier, like checkout stand with me. But I'm carrying the beer and everything like that. I'm paying with the card. But I did that like four or five times till I saw the regular person, and then I just balls it in one day and just got like we would get natty ice because it was four ninety nine for like the big huge cube, yeah. yeah. and so I was. Started right there, man. And so I would I would leave school during my uh, study hall and drive to the store because in my head, I'm like, they're not going to think a high school kid is coming out midday at 11 a.m. to buy beer. And so, yeah, I put a lot.
0: That's some thinking right there. That's like because uh, usually if you're going to do it and you're underage, you're going to probably do it at night, you know. Like, oh, we're going to a party. It's 8 o'clock. Let me grab a case of beer. But yeah, 11 in the morning. That's some adult shit. That's, that's shit I do now.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> the other thing we would do is like, because there's that main one, but then we couldn't do it more than a couple of times. And we had to really spread it out because there was, it was almost like there was a mini beer distributor closer to where we lived but it was literally like a house that they just sold beer out of like that's what it looked like and we couldn't get away with that because of how small our town was you could just see us so like this is a complete dick move now thinking about it now but we would throw like 30 40 at the guy grab a couple cases and run out so like in our head we're like we're not stealing beer we're just overpaying and then running away so
0: yeah. i mean that's that's not bad. I never even thought about that. I remember the first time I tried buying beer. Man. Because I was kind of the same way. I had like facial hair at like a really young age. I think I started growing like a mustache and beer like at 11 or 12. So I was like, I've always kind of looked older. I think now I finally reached the point where I look my age. But man, I always look like when I was like 15, 16, 17, like I could have been like, yeah, 21, 22, floating around there. I remember the first time I, I tried doing it, I got shut down hardcore. I was so embarrassed. So I was like, Fuck, I, but I did like I did the night run, you know. It was, we were going to like a park or something, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll go try." Because I looked older, had a beard. It's like, all right, I'll go in there and I put the case on there, probably like butt light something, something like that, you know. And yeah, that, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like um, was it freaking what's that movie? I wasn't like a uh, what's that guy's name? I can't even think right now. Huh? mclovin yeah i wasn't wasn't as smooth as mclovin you know i was he as nervous as he was i i wasn't that nervous but i had no nothing to like cover my ass you know like oh yeah i'm actually 21 but uh i've had some pretty i got lucky quite a bit when i was younger especially in high school like my brother because he was older he's six years older so when i got out of high school i stayed with him for the summer before i joined or went to boot camp and uh man, this is like one of the craziest things I ever had to do. Uh, it was my birthday. I I was turning 17 or 18. I was turning 18 and, um, his, one of his roommates was a DJ and they all lived together. There's like a, I think there's three or four of them living in this house. I was staying there and yeah, I walked up in the bouncer. He's just shaking everybody's hand. I'm like, fuck, I'm 18 years old. You know, I'm freaking nervous. I'm kind of like nervous a little bit. I had a Mohawk also, (laughs) and i go up but he just shook my hand i was like holy crap that was like my first i mean it was a club club too it wasn't like a yeah. bar they had yeah his friend was djing there's i mean it was crazy and uh when i got stationed in san diego my brother actually gave me his driver's license it was expired but it worked for me i got into so many bars i only there was only one time it didn't work for me and uh the guy was pretty cool. The bouncer let me keep the ID too. He's like, Oh, now you can keep it. Cause I think there's, oh, yeah, there's some people fighting outside. And I was like, Hey, oh. get the hell out of the line. I was like, Just get the fuck out of the line. I'm trying to get in. And he's like, My brother looks nothing like me too. So I don't know how this worked so many times, but it did until that point.
1: There was only one time that I've actually like, uh, didn't get it done when it was actually funny because I was in college. And so I was even older than when I was buying it in, in high school and stuff like that. And so like I could go to the bars and you can buy like a six pack and go and stuff like that. Cause they're really like po donkey type of bars. Like, like people missing teeth as your bartender type of people. And so I go with the football team and go there. And like, they're like, like I'm with running like, 19, 20 year old little running backs. And like, they look like little people. Like they don't look like adults and they're getting served. And like the guy's like, I want to see your ID. And I'm like, Oh, are you kidding me? This is like the only time I've ever been asked for that in my entire life. And like, I did the whole typical, Oh, I don't have it on me. And I was just going to be the DD tonight for these guys. And he's like, Oh, okay. Then I'll let you in. And I'm like, "Fuck!" like the one time. And like, the countless times beforehand when I was in high school, just easily getting it. And it's not like we went to any sort of like fine establishment. Like it was a junky little bar. It was just god-awful, like completely dark. It just reeked of cigarettes and everything. And like, yeah, I get singled out. I'm like, this is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that's that's funny. That's it's crazy how that stuff works, you know, like when we're stationed in San Diego. Yeah um, there there's this what is it called Fred's Mexican Cafe downtown San Diego. And it was like after God, I want to say like seven or eight o'clock, they started that's when they'd start IDing people to come mm-hmm. in. So like what we did, my friends and I, we got there we got there early and we ate dinner and we just hung out in there the whole time. That's smart. That's thinking that right, that's the shit you think of when you're when you're eager to get drunk and you're like 18 years old. You just want to party. You you think of some crazy. You get creative. You know, it's you really do. But it worked out really well. Like you know, and then your confidence level is super high because now you know. Okay, there's a bouncer. He's checking everybody's ID. So the guy at the bar is going to assume, hey, this guy came in just recently. He's 21. So we do that. The crazy thing is, like this, that whole night ultimately led to me meeting my wife in a weird roundabout way. But I always tell her, like, man, we got pretty lucky going to that stupid restaurant and hanging out underage and just waiting. Because we met these girls that were going to SDSU at the time and then we became friends with them. And long story, eventually met my wife through them. But it's it's crazy, you know, just like how yeah, how creative you can get when you really want to get wanna get hammered. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of, like, stoners do the same thing. Like, stoners make up, they create some crazy shit. Like, right. Like, damn, only a stoner could really think of, like, a soda can that opens up and it looks, and you can stash stuff and close and it looks like a Coke can and you can still drink from it. It's like, that's, no sober person's thinking of a, of that, you know? I would never think, oh, man, let me help a stoner out. A stoner was sitting there one day, like, dude, I got to, like, figure out how to, like, get through security with, with this. <laughs>
1: Well, they should have helped Brittany Griner then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Lord, man. You know what? I don't know. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just weed. But those are people that have never left the country. You got-
1: Regardless of <laughs> what it is, man, you should have known. Like, you can't be playing that game. Like, you should have known so much. How much money, do, once again, it goes back to how much money, you couldn't have left a gram of your concentrate work like, thrown it away. You really, like, bro, like, you're looking at most paying $40. Like, yeah. you, you, so, I don't know why that $40 meant that much to her to just not be like, this is a
0: dumb idea. It's like, do you really need it that bad at that point? That's what I think, like,
1: you know. Right? Like, it's cool. Like, throw it away. And, like, but no, you're going to try and be an American in Russia while all this crap is going on and think you're not going to get singled out.
0: Yeah. Like, well, this is why I tell people all the time, too. I've been literally all over the world. It's like, this is why people hate Americans. This is why other countries do not like Americans, because we think we can just bend the rules in their countries whenever we want because we're americans we act like our shit doesn't stink you know and like when we went to oh man what's it that dubai singapore when we went to singapore they're really strict on hey don't chew gum because if you chew gum they spit it and you can get cane
1: now how you remember the dude that got cane back in the day yeah
0: but see See, look how crazy of a story that is. Would people be sympathetic in America if a soldier or a military member got caned because they were chewing gum? Probably not. But hey, she's a famous person who got broke the rules in a foreign country. How about you just have respect for the country you're in? Like, I know it's a stupid law, probably, just like chewing gum and spitting it on the ground. Is right. Stupid, but respect uh, it. Didn't she even
1: go over there for business purposes? So she was getting paid by them. Don't you think you should go ahead and just follow their shit?
0: Yeah, it's not that hard. That's why I, my sympathies. Like I feel, I feel bad. That sucks. That's a that's a shitty. I'm sure, I'm
1: sure it's definitely shitty, and her like her personal living situation is absolutely horrendous. But yeah. if, it's so if, if, that were, if if the situation was reversed and that was me, nobody would have heard about it.
0: If I want to be honest, so nobody's talk Nobody heard about those the the folks that got left in in the Middle East or anything either. Right. And we pulled out of there. We left a bunch of shit and and people. You know, it's like and oh. dogs, military dogs and stuff. Nobody talks about any of that stuff. It's just a little brush under the rug. But I mean, it's self inflicted. At the end of the day, just that's where my sympathy ends. It's like it was self inflicted. You just got to know. Not to do stupid shit. And know? if
1: you didn't just
0: accept you did it. You yeah, know, no, that's
1: that's the funny, funny thing. Like, man, I've gotten I've gotten in trouble plenty of times. Yeah. And you take it. Exactly. Like, no, no, no president's helped me out when when stuff's happened. When my you know, because when I signed up, um, I signed up right up after 9-11. And they had this program for a really short amount of time, which was Yankee White. And it was supposed to be two years infantry, two years presidential guard duty at Camp David. And signed that, cause that sounded freaking dope as hell. Like that sounded awesome. And I signed all the paperwork. They did the FBI background check beforehand. Like they did all that stuff. And I go to boot camp. it's about three weeks left. And we go to the security battalion and it was just at the time where the Marines roll their sleeves up, and I go in there, knowing all my stuff's done, all my paperwork's like legit done. And the the moment I walked in, the guy looked at me. He's like, "Okay, you're disqualified. You can go back." I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" And the time that I was literally in boot camp. They changed the statement of understanding from a one page to a three page. And like the second to last question is tattoos below the Charlie line. And I had a tattoo, I got the waiver, everything was kosher. FBI background check, like I said, was done. Walked in, they're like, okay, you're disqualified. From that moment on, I never signed anything ever again. I just landed in Motor T. But until I actually got to my unit, I kept on popping up UA all the time because my paperwork was so jacked up that when I went to MCT, which is um, like a mini version of infantry school for like people that aren't going to go be a grunt and stuff like that. It's just a 30 day little like, Hey, this is the range of fire. Like we didn't have to like memorize it. It was just like drop knowledge type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you go to your MOS school afterwards. And so, Went to MCT and got my like hours to take care of my paperwork because they were saying I was supposed to report to School of Infantry a week beforehand. And I'm like, and I have all the paperwork and everything. I'm like, like, and at that moment, you're still in that scared like boot camp phase where you don't want to like do anything to disappoint. And so I'm like, no, sir, like, here's my like letter and every, all the stuff and then got to my mos school in fort Leonardwood, and they're like yeah you're not supposed to be here i'm like this is where you guys told me to go like i'm just literally just following what you're telling me still then i got to the fleet and when i check into pendleton they can't find anything on me because i wasn't even supposed to be there
0: what the hell yeah.
1: so i never even signed up to b motor t but that worked out beautifully because Shit! I didn't have to walk anywhere, man. I just drove places. <laughs> that was so much easier than what I was gonna be. Like it all worked out, but like, yeah, my like stuff like that just got so jacked up to where I was getting in trouble for not doing anything.
0: Yeah, it's military is in- interesting like that. Like, uh, because they changed. My rate got changed when I was in. I think I was in boot camp. I initially wanted they call them ABH, where you see them on the flight deck, they are kind of directing planes and stuff like that, or aircraft. I wanted to do that, so I was like, okay, I signed up to join join Navy to do that. But end up going, they switched it to ABF, which is fuels, which ended up turning out to be. I mean, can't complain now. I mean, it worked out really well. Met my best a lot of my best friends through through going or becoming an ABF and stuff, but. It, military is just weird man like um i had a bunch of friends that went on god was it the reagan or stennis i can't remember what ship it was but i think i've talked about before they um when the tsunami hit japan and all that nuclear waste was going into the ocean and they had to sign all these crazy waivers because they're getting exposed to all this radiation and like, my best friend went and he he was telling me they'd make him like you'd be on the flight deck, you'd come down. They'd basically strip you butt naked and like hose you down or clean you off and check you for radiation, all this stuff. When the guys told me when he got back to the ship, they like, they, this is a story I'll never forget. said so he kicked a seagull and like blew up and like all this green stuff started to come out of it. i like, oh, dude, what the fuck? You know, like, but of course the military made them sign, whatever waiver or basically sign their life away. That's what I always tell people more like twice. Cause you obviously sign up to join us kind of like signing your life away. But I mean, that's fuck man. Military is some crazy shit. Like it's, it's organized and unorganized. And that just feels like such a janky thing to do to folks. But <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, you know, thank you for helping us over here. But if you get any type of residual cancers or, exposure to anything that manifests into something else later I'm to to see
1: what happened to those uh those russian soldiers that went to chernobyl and everything and we like camping out in like the fields like i want to see what kind of mutant arms that happens to grow out of their bodies because that's going to be nuts dude like i don't that i don't understand <laughs> Like, that was part of the equation at all. Like, I just be like, if I were to ever declare war against Ukraine, like, I'd be like, except for like that area, yeah. I'll let you keep that. Like, why would you and then have the guys just sleeping on that? Oh
0: my god, like, haven't you seen the hills have eyes? Those dudes <laughs> end up becoming hella strong and stuff, man. You gotta be careful.
1: <laughs> man, I thought something bad was gonna happen when they did that. I was like, dude. You might've, you might've went too hard, homie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, man. Like that's what I don't know. Like you're saying, military is just a trip though. It really is like the things that, cause you're, they own you in a sense. So you can't really make too much of your own decisions up. I mean, you kind of can, but ultimately you're kind of at the mercy of whatever, like tattoos, even now, now they've loosened up on tattoos. Like you were saying, though, there were, pretty strict like i'll get all my i got all my tattoos when i was in the navy but
1: I yeah they were your arm. Arm. when i was when i was in it wasn't that bad but then they were really really locking down on what you could get but i guess now with uh i guess their recruiting numbers are just abysmal and uh they're like letting non-ged guys in now and like yeah there's some like new standards are like As long if you're trying, if you want to come on in, we'll let you.
0: (laughs) Well, crap, and well, like Tim Kennedy had posted that the thing I posted yesterday, I shared it the how they're cutting the pay for the army too. I wonder if that has any effect or reason, you know, on numbers of folks that are actually wanting to join because it's like you already don't get paid a lot. Let's be honest, like military. If anybody. Thinks you get paid a lot in the military? You don't. <laughs> right. So, security, like already... I mean, officers make bank, dude. Yeah. Like I have
1: you ever really looked at that. Like a a 6-year first lieutenant, I think makes roughly like what a 20-year like master sergeant makes.
0: Oh, that's jacked up.
1: Yeah, like I think it's like right along those lines and stuff like that.
0: And yeah, see that's yeah, it's fudged up. I'm not surprised, but I could see that being the case. I mean, some people make bank because they have like families and stuff too, so they get like separation pay and BAH and stuff like that when they're in. But man, you get screwed already. And I imagine the army—I don't know how the army is in a sense, but fuck that, man. If I knew I was going to get paid less than what I was getting paid, I'd probably like, I probably like—I think I was getting like maybe seven hundred bucks a every was it the first fifteenth or whatever it was—less yeah. than that probably around 500 bucks. Uh, and then they're going to cut that. I'd be like, screw this, dude. I'm not joining the freaking army. I'm not ho- I'm not sure if it's going to trickle into other branches, but damn, it's like... Yeah, it's nuts, man. That, that part blows, you know. I feel for those dudes because, I mean, wherever they're at, I'm sure there's still some out in the Middle East somewhere and wherever they're stationed doing whatever the hell they're doing. So that, that would blow especially about families. Cause so that was like a, then up becoming kind of a thing when I was still in the Navy, I think I was up in Washington at the time they were, um, and there was like a lockout or something or some type of deal like that, where government employees weren't getting paid. Hmm. It's it when Obama was president. I can't remember what the hell it was that happened, but like all the, the yard workers that would work on our ship just stopped coming in because they weren't getting paid. Wow, and like military folks are freaking out that have families because they're like well shit you know if I don't get paid how the hell am I going to support my family but it's crazy man I feel military dudes military always gets like the short end of the stick you know and I feel bad for that when it comes to to shit like that different deals and bills I get struck down But but now you can grow a beard I think and not get ran oh, up so.
1: they, they let you do that now
0: I think so. I, I, I swear I read something where it said navy. At least in the navy, they've lightened up on the beard. Man, which is like great. I wish that was the case when I was in. I'd get <laughs> hit up all the time, three times a day, man. It got to a point where because when you go to a foreign country, they they have like the khaki rows where all the chiefs and officers they like inspect you when you're walking off the ship. Hmm. I would shave, and then they'd be like, "Oh shit, mate! You know you're." You got you got facial hair. I'm like, dude. I I wouldn't say dude, obviously, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like fuck. I just shaved. So like after like the third country, I just started carrying just the tip of the head of the the razor in my pocket, and I just I'd be oh. walking down, dry shaving. I'm like, dude, like come on. I'm trying to get off the ship, man. Get right. I, I remember
1: uh, like when we did any type of like uh, ball photos or anything like that. Like even though I shaved in the morning, like I still had to shave right before we did any kind of like pictures. Because man, dude, it just it just comes in hard.
0: It does. So it, for me, it doesn't do it much now, which is kind of where it's slowing down a little bit. But man, like that eighteen, that time I was in, that shit was just like sprouting up. I swear, I, I would, same deal. Like I'd have to be a two two day shaver, two time a day, yeah. just to not get reamed by by anybody that's the worst especially if you get caught sleeping and you have a five o'clock shadow at the same time <laughs> it's like fuck, man! i'm breaking all kinds of rules my boots aren't shined they're spit shine they're i got a five o'clock shadow i'm sleeping it's like damn i'm just getting killed <laughs> but, that was another thing
1: the spit shine, dude that was getting phased out like right after right after i got in i know we did it in boot camp um But then even our camis went from needing to be pressed and, you know, hard creases. Uh, We got the new digital ones that were meant to just be a lot more relaxed. And that was really nice. Just overall not having to pay to go to the laundry all the time. The dry cleaners, man. That's a scam to get into outside of military bases, dry cleaning.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of a a bitch to do. I mean... That's what happened in the Navy. Like, when I first joined, I want to say, like, the maybe, I think it was the last year when I was in this, when they got the those camis that you see now, the digital, yeah. the digital ones, which kind of sucked. I, I didn't like them in the sense that I liked having pre- a pressed pants and shirt because especially when it came to, like, just presentation, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not a shit bag, you know. Like, look at my uniform. It's freaking pressed. It looks hella good. It's all starched up. Man, you starch the shit out of that thing, just shh. And now it's like now everybody looks the same. So now if somebody is a lazy person that never really put the time in their uniform, now we all look the same. You know, it's like kind of, I didn't like that part. I liked having a a really crisp looking uniform. And then there's the times where you fuck up when you're ironing it and you get the train tracks going up. Oh, it's like, oh, oh you're that's, oh. that's the worst because I try getting that shit out, man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: One thing that uh I had a buddy show me that um would help me out a little bit is actually flipping it inside out and ironing it that way. Like not and like dude like he showed me that and that saved a lot of time for like our class A like undershirts and like our long sleeve shirts cuz man I remember like visibly getting frustratedly pissed because of all the buttons on our shirts and stuff like that, like having to go around them and everything. And he's, he's just laughing at me, he flips his over. So all the buttons are face down onto the pad and he just grinded right over everything. I was like,
0: <laughs> that's yeah, I mean, military, for those who don't know, it's like, like the actual where the buttons are too, that needs to be like flat. What they call yeah. it bacon. You don't want to have bacon is what they'd call it. Like that thing needs to be the whole button row needs to be just flush, like perfectly straight. Also. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but I mean, there's some things I've taken away that I still do. Like, um, what my belt, if I wear a belt, I still have oh, it. Freaking yeah. My fucking gig out. line. <laughs> I have I'll, I'll have a regular shirt on. I'm like, okay, I got to match it up with my my pants. It's There's a, there
1: is a small chance you will get called out one day by some former military guy. <laughs> you got to make sure that it's on.
0: Got to make sure that gig line is perfectly straight. It that's like the one thing that's really stuck with me. Every time I wear a belt, I triple check it sometimes. Or like even when we go to weddings or anything where we have to dress up, I make sure that thing is just. Right on. Point. Crisp as hell. I and mean, I still have my bootstraps for my shirt. So I put those on to my socks. Keep the, 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 the like, yeah. <laughs> collar stays so they stay nice and flat. They don't bubble <laughs> up. <laughs> all the stupid stuff. I mean, they kind of, I guess it's not too stupid. It, it looks looks nice when, when you wear it now. But the yeah. time, I guess it's tedious work to do. So, But uh, damn. Yeah, it's already been two hours, so I don't want to take up your entire your entire day. Yeah, you, you
1: got that freedom going on right now, man. So I want you to enjoy it too. But thank you so much for you know, hooking up and talking.
0: I know you're my first repeat person, man. So it'll be nice. We gotta keep it going every so often, have you come back come back on and shoot? i love shit. it,
1: man. I have a blast talking with you, man. This was a fun session.
0: Yeah, this was fun. So and then whatever comes up down the road, maybe we could do another one in a couple months again and see what we're
1: well, to do is uh, I know it's a little bit of the distance. And um, if I'm remembering correctly, like you live basically where is it like the 60 and the, the 10 split? Is that where you live out in Beaumont? Like by, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like visually remember where you're at and everything. I know it's a drive, but like i said i'm trying to set up uh that ribbon cutting ceremony and i'm getting the vfw involved and i'm getting a whole bunch of people uh involved with it but if uh if you think you could do a remote location one because i'm going to do it november 10th which is the marine corps birthday that's when i'm going to set up the date for the ribbon cutting okay. so it's right before veterans day there's going to be a ton of veterans there so i mean i know it's a drive but you know, just putting that out there in case that's something that uh, sparks your
0: interest. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I've driven to Arizona a few times, so I might, I might see what I can do even in that sense. That'd be cool. Cause and it's uh, we, hour drive.
1: i guest house, man, like a complete separate guest house that you could use. So you don't need to find anything.
0: All right. Hell yeah. I mean, we got friends out there too. So that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. I might talk to the wife and see uh See what I can do. Yeah, four hour. It's about four hour drive, roughly. If I'm driving by myself, it's going to be like a three and a half hour drive. Right. Or <laughs> the casino, though,
1: man. I get all amped up when I pass Casino Morongo. I get that song. <laughs> in my head. Just, like, we'll see it in the distance coming in from Palm, uh, Palm Desert. And we'll be like, bump, <laughs> And, like, that like gives us a little energy boost knowing that we're we're getting back to civilization again
0: oh because man it's a drive for those who don't know my god that it's, it's, it's on the 10 and that drive it's two lanes it's uh freaking it it's a short drive real realistically yeah, it's about four hours to Arizona but god it's just the drive itself is just there's nothing. Uh, you got uh,
1: yeah. two big huge level changes in altitude so if you get stuck behind like that that fleet of trucks going into arizona man you are you're you're struggling for at least 15 miles going yeah. up like uh, right past coachella and stuff like that
0: and sometimes they take up both lanes and you're just f that's you're, when it's uh, like it really sinks in like okay dude this is going to be like a five-hour drive now if this big rig just cruises in, in the fat or I guess you'd say the fast lane, there's only two lanes, but it's like that, that shit sucks. It, I don't mind it by myself. I don't mind driving by myself. I actually find it kind of soothing, but yeah, I'll see what I, I can do. If anything, I'll do a remote thing. And then, yeah, same thing for me further down the line, I want to do that veterans day week, I guess I want to have like a veterans day week and try to get some, maybe an episode or two with, A bunch of different people on all at once, different folks like yourself and maybe like two other people, three other people, and it can all be on one big That
1: would be super cool, man. That'd be super
0: cool. One big crazy ass show. I'm sure it'd be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I'm totally down.
1: Um, I'm gonna try and send you a couple more of my buddies and see if uh they wanna come on because man, I think that they got some just real fun stories to talk about. So I'm gonna uh Send them all your stuff today.
0: All right, appreciate it. Yeah, man.
1: Thank you so much again. I appreciate it.
0: No problem. Thank you. Now, everybody go check out Lower 22 Vets. Man, I should have flipped the picture on that screen in the background. Yeah, but go check it out. Google Play, Apple Store, download it. If you sign up, the July giveaway is still available. Freaking, You can win a fucking shotgun. So that's badass. <laughs> For any of those who are gun enthusiasts or want to become one, There you go. I mean, what a way to start. Shit, don't even have to pay for it. You get it for free. Right on. So, cool. Thank you, Adam. All right. Thanks, Travis. Keep doing